What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. There once was a man named Gold Roger, who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the young gold table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! Yeah, yo, yeah, yo, folks. Welcome to the latest and the greatest from the Yonko table. That is the voice of Grandmaster Hoop coming at you from the, I don't know, whatever Kodak Theater they do the Oscars at. Because we, here at the Yonko table, are talking about the Oscars. That's right. This is our Oscars preview and we are going to be going through the nominations who we want to win the front runners the snubs all the good stuff about the latest from the oscars from the 2022 season but listen i've already talked too much this ain't my show tonight i'm gonna hand the reins to supernova dr rika who has put this whole idea together and she's here and she's gonna take us the rest of the way dr rika Go ahead. The table is yours. I appreciate it, Grandmaster. Well, the goal today is to talk about the Oscars and where we're at, how we're feeling. Are we excited? Are we not excited? Uh, and where I'd like to start is what our history is with the Oscars. Are we yearly watchers? Are we like social media, you know, lurkers? How do we feel about the Oscars? Is it something you get excited for every year? Ooh. I think once upon a time, I think in the 2010s, uh, like our late late 2000s, early 2010s, I was very invested in the Oscars. And then I started falling off more and more every single year. For some reason, this year has re-sparked my interest in the Oscars. And I watched seven out of the 10 Best Picture noms. And I'm here and I'm ready. And I'm, I'm going to keep riding this wave with the Oscar season. So here I am. Cooper TV, Dr. Mondo. Yeah, um, I think the I think the Avatar Oscars, um, something about that race. I think I became really invested in back in like 2009, 2010. Oh, that was a good um, year. Yeah, you know, because I think, you know, Avatar was winning, had won like the Golden Globes. And it was definitely seen as like, you know, this undeniable like like train that couldn't be stopped. And, you know, when it ended up being upset by the Hurt Locker and it being James Cameron's ex-wife, you know, that was... uh, Poetry. That was really, yeah, it was really, like, really big. Um, It just, like, felt like in that moment, it was really like, wait, wait, what just happened? (laughs) And honestly, I think since then, I've been pretty invested and like you know watching it every year and trying to see as many of uh the best pictures as i can uh you know i think 
I don't know if AMC still does this, but AMC used to do this thing called the Best Picture Showcase, where they would like show all the Best Picture movies like over the course of one weekend. So it'd be like five one day and five the next day. And they I used to do that. They are still doing it, you know, actually. Every... Yeah, it's I used to do that every year. year, and I would. They are. I would like catch up. It was like a lot of movies to watch. It was like a lot of movies to watch over the course of one weekend. But I used to do that, and now I've gotten to a place where I'm like. You know a little more plugged in so by the time this you know the oscars comes around i'm like you know at most like maybe a handful like you know a top five sometimes if i'm really on on my game it might be like two or three so um yeah so i've been watching it ever since i think the avatar oscar and i try to make it like a point to catch all the best pictures can i piggyback off of that real quick my long lost brother and i actually i'm gonna take it back to 2009 we watched those Oscars and saw Slumdog Millionaire won. And we immediately, I think the next day, went to go watch Slumdog Millionaire to see what all this hype was about. And I think that really started our Oscar kind of whatever. Wherever he is, my long lost brother. So yeah, I remember to, that vividly. To piggyback off, of, to piggyback off your piggyback, um, similar story with my similar long lost brother. I think... You know, I do also recall that we had watched Slumdog Millionaire and it was like named Best Picture. And then we went and saw it and it lived up to the hype. You know, it was this really like big and bombastic and kind of like, you know, different kind of flavor than like, I think kind of, you know, the normal movies we probably were watching in 08, 09, you know, 2010. Uh, back then so I think it kind of like cemented in our eyes like oh wow you know the Oscars do have like you know something to say and you know they do have like you know they can't point you in the right direction if you're kind of you know especially like maybe you know some of our audience who are you know more um, inclined to you know just catch the superhero movies and stuff like that the big blockbusters if you will. Well I hope each of you find your long lost brother. Dr. Sure. Mona. No, like in, in my case, I am not an avid follower of the Oscars. Sure. Like I've seen it very intermittently. A lot of the times I just look up, oh, so these were the nominated movies and I just see them because I just want to see good movies or uh, but I don't pay that much attention. Sure. Social media sometimes has its own little stuff and I'm like, oh, OK, this happened. Uh, but yeah, this year I just wanted to see the movies beforehand and I think I got almost all of them and even like in other categories like throughout the year without even me knowing i saw like some of those movies that were there so yeah i guess i'll be the last to, to share similarly i think something like sparked there was interest in the avatar race i don't think i really started watching each of the best pictures until about like 2012 2013 where i made it a point to see the whatever was nominated for best picture and so every year since then i have seen at least every best picture nomination before watching the oscars because uh, i want it to feel kind of in the know i think uh similar to hooper tv the more that i have had like been invested in award season and what kind of all goes into that i tend to see movies a little earlier uh, rather than kind of binging them near the end uh, so lately i've been pretty good my track record of seeing it throughout the year whenever they they're released um, but yeah, so I'm glad we're all here. I think what I'd like to do before we talk about our interest in this year's show is just revisit the top six winners 
um, in the big categories from last year, just to see how we feel a year out. Uh, so as a reminder, last year's like big six winners, we had Best Picture, Coda uh, was a surprise winner. Uh, Best Actress, Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. We had Best Actor, Will Smith for King Richard. Best Supporting Actress, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. Best Supporting Actor, Troy Kotzer for Coda. And then Best Director, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. We're a year out. Did y'all see any of these films? If so, how are you feeling in, about its winners? Oh, I, I, I have I to pull wanna... up. <laughs> oh, go, go Wait, ahead. Yeah, what, what I want to know is who remember Coda won Best Picture last year? Did everybody uh, remember Coda won Best it? Picture? I did not remember. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I, did. I had to look it up, too, when I saw this was going to be a topic. I mean, I liked Coda, you know, it definitely like the big kind of knock against it was that it felt like very Hallmarky, you know, like it was like the best Hallmark movie <laughs> ever or something like that. That's what like, you know, it was kind of tagged as. Uh, and you know, when I saw it, I definitely felt that, but by the end, it did win me over the the scene where, you know, the girl sings, uh, I think Joni Mitchell, um, I'm not gonna remember the song name, but when she sings Joni Mitchell, you know, that moment did really get to me. But you, you know, and I was like, okay, I'm not mad at this. But you fast forward a year, and I was like, who did win Best Picture last year? I couldn't remember. So I don't know. One year later, I don't know if Coda's going to stand the test of time as being one of those all-time Best Pictures. That's the first thing that comes to mind when uh, I hear those winners be read aloud. Uh, I I missed a lot of films uh, last year's Oscar season. Uh, did not see Coda. Um, if I had to pick anything to win, I think I was rooting for King Richard, maybe, or Dune, because I like looking at Best Picture as all-encompassing, I guess. I felt Dune definitely felt like an all Maybe I Maybe I'm like the epic. Maybe I go for the epic win versus mm -hmm. the smaller win. Uh, so, but uh, I remember Power of the Dog had a lot of hype. I remember watching, I did watch Power of the Dog. I was like, okay, uh, what's the the cowboy's name? Don't don't mess with uh, I forget. They used they made a bunch of memes about it. Uh, I can't. Oh, oh, oh wow, what was his name? <laughs> yeah, what was his name? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, they kept saying, "Don't mess with this certain cowboy." Uh, Wait, now I have to look it up. Uh, I, <laughs> either way, I I definitely I I last year was bad for me. I I did. Oh oh, you know what? I'll tell you what. I was most invested last year with Best Actor because I Bronco really... Henry. Bronco, Bronco Henry. Henry. Right right. And you know, and I know I paused a long time, but I made it a point not to look it up. I wanted to pull it out of my the back. It was a big mind. deal, Bronco <laughs> Henry. I remember. Um, and that's like the only thing I remember about that movie. Uh, other than uh, Benedict was a dick, um, I guess. Uh, trying to get some dick, too. Um, funny enough. Uh, but no, no, I remember I was very invested in Andrew Garfield. I wanted him to win for yeah. Tick, Tick, Boom. And that was the most investment I had for last year's Oscars. So I, I loved Will Smith and King Richard. Um, but I was really trying to, I was really rooting for Andrew Garfield. But other than that, I I can't even speak on the best actress nominees, except for Kristen Stewart. I did watch 
Spencer. Uh, and that's it. That's really all I got for last year's Oscars. Oh, and I saw Ariana DeBose. That was well deserved. That was yeah, like last year's Oscars when it came to when it came to the movies. I think yeah, I think the ones I remember Dune. I was like on the Dune train there. Uh, Power of the Dog. I saw it. I saw King Richards. Uh, West Side Story. And yeah, like Ariana DeBose. I was like, yeah, she has to win hands down. When it came to at best actor, I was yeah between Will Smith and. And Andrew Garfield in Tick Tick Boom. Tick Tick Boom was fantastic. Uh, so I was like, I was like, one of these two has to win it. But I don't remember the one that like the coda. I didn't remember it at all. Like, so <laughs> I think that's yeah. important. I like I remember all the like more the movies that didn't win, mm. and even some that got snubbed. Then Coda. Mm. Tamara, what's a what's a snub for you? What's something that got snubbed uh, last the year? The Green Knight. Ooh, okay. I see that. I can see that. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, no, I think it's weird. It's um, I thought twenty twenty one was a really strong year in terms of movies. Like, I love the Power of the Dog. Uh, that ending also slugged me in the chest, where I was like, "Wait, what?" Um, yeah, you know. Good. I really like the worst person in the world. Nightmare I Alley. loved the worst uh, person in the world. Great Nightmare movie. Um, I really like Nightmare Alley. It's uh, I so think it was good. Like, you know, I, I loved. I thought it was so good. I loved how everything was yeah. just full circle. The entire movie, and then how he ends, exactly where he began. Yeah. It's like yeah. perfect. See, that's a Guillermo yeah. project. I might Kate check Blanchett that out. Gabe Blanchett, Blanchett, Blanchett also kills it. Uh, it's also great in that. I'm sure we'll be talking about her more. Um, looks to the left. Um, and yeah, Tick Tick Boom. Love Tick Tick Boom. And it was just like, I guess like my love for that year and like all the movies just didn't really happen to be reflected in the the people that won the awards. I mean, out of everybody we mentioned, Ariana DeBose. Uh, <laughs> she did the thing. Um, she <laughs> She was... She was really, I mean, like, I didn't, I didn't dislike uh, West Side Story or anything like that, but watching that movie, seeing her, I think, America, the the, the American song, um, yeah. talk about, blew me away. I was like, I think I walked, like, that moment, like, walked out was just like, yeah, she deserves Best Supporting Actress. Like, that's, that's hands down was an electrifying performance. Uh, yeah. That's her so. crowning achievement in the movie, for sure. And the fun fact, it's the only role that both oh. actresses that, I, that have played that role have won the huh? Oscar. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's crazy. That is Rita Moreno that's won, crazy. The, won an Oscar for that same exact role. And it's crazy to think, like, you know, living having to live <clears throat> up to that hype and then being able to do it, you know? Exactly. So... As that, a Puerto Rican, that, as a Puerto Rican actress too, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think the that, yeah. That, people were championing. That was a that was a champion moment. People were championing for that to happen, and it did. Yeah, that out of all the amazing. winners, I think I'll remember that one the most. You know, especially now that since she did the thing. <laughs> yeah. She did do the thing. <laughs> she did. <laughs> So I'm in moving forward. I think from a reflection on last year, I have a lot of the same feelings that you all have. I, I really liked Coda. Um, 
I'm curious about how we'll view this like five years from now or what our thoughts may be. Uh, but I'm, what has you interested for, for this year? Uh, is there a particular race, a movie? Uh, what has you invested? Ah, goodness. Um, you know, it was, it was not until my second watch of everything, everywhere, all at once was I just where I realized that is, I think, just the perfect film. Um, but I'll tell you what, what really solidified me trying to get into more of the movies nominated and watching was when you, Dr. Rika, put me onto the Banshees. All yeah. this talk <laughs> about the Banshees. And I just, it was on HBO Max. I put it on, you know, 20 minutes in. I'm like, okay, this movie's whatever. And then you hear a clonk on his door and it's a freak. It's a feckin' finger. And I was like, <laughs> What? what is this movie <laughs> i couldn't believe it and then from there i think i was like i need to watch some of these other films and that's really you know everywhere definitely uh peek the door open and then the feckin' fingers definitely kicked it all the way through and here i am now seven out of ten movies in and I'm going to try to watch some more but i'm definitely rooting for everything everywhere but i'll get into more of my uh, hot takes as we get into these categories, but that thing is the greatest movie of all time. I, I want and I mean that. I mean that. It's no, it's no longer Cats Don't Dance. It's no longer <laughs> Spider Man Two. It's everything, everywhere, all at once. But I'll, I'll rest my case for now. Yeah, those are big words for Grandmaster Who. So, with regards to this Oscar, uh, Oscar race, when it comes to like best movies, at least, I like that there's so much like variety in the list because like you have you have your kind of action blockbuster which is top gun you got your weird wacky movie which is everything everywhere you got your very serious movies such as tar uh you have your like biopic elvis you have yeah, and like kind of like dark comedy, which is Banshees. And you can just go, go, and then your CGI Wonderland, which is Avatar. So it's like you have, it's a very varied list, and they're all great movies for different reasons. At least I haven't seen them all, but that was like, I found it really interesting compared to previous years. And this, I again, I don't remember like specifics from like previous years, but I felt that many of the movies, it was like this kind of is very dramatic, very well acted, very well written, scripted movie that I, yeah, I'm always for that. But I found this year to be more interesting in the choices. Mm. And I think you bring up a good point in terms of the variety. So the Academy, uh, they have to pick 10 Best Picture nominees um, each year. So it used to be five and then it was kind of moved anywhere between like five to ten uh, but now it is solidified there is going to be ten every single year oh, which allows cool. mm -hmm, which allows for there to be variety from comedies or satires to biopics and dramas and action etc uh, so i think that's a really good point in terms of some of the variety of our, our best picture nominees i will say that has me invested i think everything around everything everywhere has me invested but i also like a lot of these kind of unknowns, especially in a lot of the acting races, um, as far as 
we'll get to them best actress i think even best supporting actress feels like super up in the air um best actors so i think there's a lot more closer races than what i remember in previous years where things felt kind of like a lock uh, i think we have one of the acting categories that feels pretty sure um as far as best supporting actor we'll get there but some of these others like it could be a huge surprise uh, or a huge celebration, whatever that may be, uh, depending on who you're rooting for. And that has me invested because uh, it hasn't been frequent in the last few years that I feel like I've had to take a guess at who may win. Um, so I think that's what has me invested. I also just absolutely adore everything everywhere all, all at once, which I feel is reflected in some of the wins and other uh, awards uh, throughout this past season. Um, which we'll, we'll talk more about, but I really, really loved that film for a lot of different reasons, but uh, appreciated a lot of what was everything else that was uh, within the list as well. So I'm curious. Who yeah, you okay. Think. So I feel like I feel like we're talking about everything everywhere and I feel like I got, got a, I feel like I got something off my chest. So I, I really like this movie. I think it came out like last April. March, um, April, March, yeah. Wow, so it came out before the Oscars? Yeah. Of last year? Uh, wow, I'm, that's a long time. I'm, it's been, yeah, it's been, yeah, a while. Almost a year. I love that movie being like, I love that movie being like, oh, wow, this is, like, really creative. Um, this is, like, has some cool performances. You know, it would be great if, like, the Academy, like, um, you know, honored maybe one or two of these performances in this movie. It would be crazy if they gave this movie like a best picture nomination. I was like, that's kind of like how I felt leaving that movie. I was like, man, you know what? The Oscar, like the, the Academy's probably gonna sleep on this movie, but it is like, it's like worthy of like, you know, getting some recognition. That's like how I have felt. And then you fast forward to kind of, you know, only like, I guess like three months out, um, just like the kind of culture around everything everywhere, just kind of like, flipped at some point and now as we're only like a couple days away it's like the clear front runner for like best picture you know it's like the clear front runner for like i mean some people might say three of the acting categories um you know in terms of like who might win there uh and i find myself kind of as a you know just person who loves storylines in general and somebody who you know, does prefer like the underdog every now and then. Kind of not necessarily rooting for everything and everywhere all wants to lose like certain categories. Like I'm not actively rooting against it, but I don't know if it's like a clean sweep. I, I never find clean sweeps that exciting. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Where they just start winning like a bunch of awards. Um, you know, I think what I'm invested in is to see where like I think upsets could happen. Um, involving everything everywhere uh especially like maybe in best picture i'm like i'm very curious if somebody and i kind of really doubt it if like a movie could muster up enough momentum to possibly take best picture from everything everywhere and like the last you know kind of stretch of the race mm -hmm. um we'll see but if that happens i'd be like whoa wow that it would have been a, like a major upset and of course i'm always kind of looking for that so that is something i'm definitely looking for well, we're going to go ahead and start talking about some of the categories. Uh, where we'll start 
And, and the idea is for us to just talk about some of our standout nominations, if any, uh, if there are any stubs you feel like weren't represented in what was uh, nominated, any predictions or hopeful winners. Uh, you may not have answers for all of these, that's okay. Uh, we do want to give love to each category, um, but likely we'll spend more time on the top six. But where we'll start is with animated docs and shorts. So this includes animated feature, animated short, documentary feature, and documentary short. Uh, so in any of those categories, anything a standout, um, something you wish was nominated, uh, something you hope wins. I got nothing for docs, nor... Uh... Doc Short. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to find these things when you want to watch them, so I got nothing. Uh, animated Short. I, uh, I don't think I have anything for Animated Short either. Um, as, I'm so sorry. I I'm sent so one in the group chat. Oh, you did. I did not watch it. You're right. You're right. Uh, sorry. <laughs> My goodness. Um, I, I was used to just picking the Pixar Short. Uh, and letting that one, oh, yeah, like uh, I, <laughs> I didn't see any of those, unfortunately. So, oh, this is does this look bad of us? Is this bad? Are we? You know like... what? I will, I will speak for some of these categories then, because I did at least watch two of the shorts that I could find on the internet. Okay. Um, and what I will say is, I actually absolutely adored Ice Merchants, um, and it's funny in Grandmaster Hip because I feel like you would like it, uh, so you should watch it. Ice but origins. it is, yes, so it, it is available on YouTube okay. uh, and it's 2D animation. So it's kind of this like draw, drawn style and mm. it's very minimalistic. And um, so just the plot, it's about just a father and his child who are, they cut ice and they parachute off of their little house that is stuck to a mountain and go and deliver ice to the little village below and then climb back up and keep doing that each and every day. Um, but because of global warming, that may not be possible anymore um, oh. as you know, the ice starts to melt. But there's a deeper story in that um, about just the relationship between <clears throat> father and son. And then there's something I really just don't want to give away uh, that I think, folks, it's better and more impactful when you watch. Listen, I but just I, found it. I, 15 minutes. I'm in there tonight yeah. after this. It, I was like crying. I was like, why Why am I crying over this, these little drawn characters? But I think it's a testament to just the, the story being told. So there's no dialogue. It's just the art. Uh, and it's a, a 15 minutes worth your time. Um, I also watched My Year of Dicks. That is on Vimeo. <clears throat> and it's about uh, a teenage girl trying to lose her virginity. Uh, and so just talking about like sexuality and awkwardness and connection. Um, I didn't like it as much as Ice Merchants, um, and I can't compare it to all the other ones because I wasn't able to find them. I think one more of them is available on one of the streamers, uh, so maybe I'll try to check it out before. But I am a big Ice Merchant stan, and that's that's something that I'm, I'm certainly writing hard for. Okay. So I wanted to name that. Ice Merchants in my year of dicks. All right. I'm going to try to find... Yeah, I, I think... <laughs> I was going to add that I think a couple of these, um, a couple studios, a couple movie theaters chains do kind of like present these like, like as like kind of like a one sitting. You can catch them all also. I know I mentioned like the best picture showcase. I'm unsure if AMC still does like kind of where they like group all the animated uh, shorts or the animated um, or, you know, the doc shorts together. But I have seen in the past different chains do that. And so that's like a cool way to knock all of them out. Yeah, knock all of them out in like one sitting. But this 
you know, I could be speaking about a pre-COVID time. They might still not be doing this. So. And I think a lot of the documentary shorts, which I haven't gotten the chance to watch, a lot of them are available on streamers, I believe. Uh, so some of these are ready for watching. Um, I think I've spoken to the one that impacted me the most um, as far as, at least in the short subject categories. Uh, but I imagine you all have seen a lot more of the animated features. I'm curious about your thoughts for that particular category. So we have oh. Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell, Puss in Boots, The Sea Beast, Turning Red. So the All right, I'm going to start, I'm gonna start uh, with a little negative before I'm sure you guys are going to take a positive. A little disappointed with this year. Um, not going to lie. I was looking yeah. at 2021's animated feature lineup. I mean, I thought last year where it was like Encanto, Flea, Luca, which I love, um, The Mitchells vs. the Machines, and Ray and the Last Dragon, which I also love and feel like is somehow like forgotten. Um, really loved like that lineup. This, this is a year, good lineup. What are you saying right now? I this think is... it's they're like uh, one of the weaker ones. One of the weaker there's ones. There's one in the I list mean... there that I haven't seen, and I think it was the one that I haven't seen is Marcel. Marcel the Shell. I That's saw the, same the one I haven't seen. Yeah. Um. Also, there is one of the ones I've seen that I did not adore. But for me, the clear winner is. Pinocchio. I loved also the Sea Beast. The so, Sea. I and I do recall you uh, hyping up the Sea Beast, and I and I finally did get around to watching the Sea Beast. It is good. Sea Beast is good. Um, it's really good. Very strong performances vocally from uh, the two main leads. A very good story. Very How to Train Your Dragon meets Pirates of the Caribbean. I think that's what you described it as. Um, I enjoyed it, but. Yeah, for me, I feel it is probably going to go to Pinocchio because yeah, Del Toro just does things with Pinocchio that... Uh, no, and, like, the story is gorgeous. It, like, it, I, and it's 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 Pinocchio. It's just... Exactly. It's what just, he does with it is crazy, I think. Yeah. it One, it's very unique how he does it, and the story is just touching. The entire time, I was just like... And, like, the ending, I was like, wow. It was this, great. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I loved Pinocchio. Um, Puss in Boots was also great. Don't get me wrong. Our, Puss in Boots is great as well. And we definitely hyped up Puss in Boots in our chat and in our pod. That, we that did movie was it. hilarious. It, well, it's I'll not only hilarious. You, you guys were on Puss in Boots long before kind of like kept building like this like great box office run yes. that it's been having you guys were like some of the first on the scene when it came to puss and boots actually our pod our numbers on the puss and boots pod are actually really good turning red is the one where i and good, that's where i come in uh, go ahead <laughs> go ahead take it take it dr rico uh i so I think Pinocchio is going to win, uh, and that is because he has won the Golden Globes, and he won the BAFTA, and he won, I believe, the Producers Guild Award. They and love him. He won. So yeah, uh, Pinocchio is the, the front runner here. But I love Turning Red. Um, I think an animated story about an adolescent girl having her menstrual cycle and being awkward with puberty and being obsessed with boy bands is like that was me <laughs> in the early 2000s so i think i just have like a personal connection to it uh, which i recognize a lot of people don't feel the same thought it was good but not great 
uh, and I disagree because you know I I certainly felt connected to it. So. I am with you. That's I who biggest, I want to win. I think that my biggest problem with um, turning red is that it was direct to streaming, and uh, I may have connected with yeah. it more if it was released on the big screen. Uh, um, so hopefully, it seems like Disney is getting back to doing that with like the big Pixar and Disney kind of like releases um despite you know a movie like strange world which i actually did kind of enjoy um not performing as well um i i enjoyed strange hold up did you watch luca did you watch luca in theaters or streaming okay i'll take uh, i'll take enough but luca (laughs) no no luca was so moving (laughs) no no when he's waving away to when when he's on the train and he's leaving His best friend. You watch it on screen. It's so good. Like you had friends and I had buddies. Come on. Yes, I want turning Excellency. I want turning red to win, but Yeah, I I honestly didn't feel turning red as you guys. Like again, it's a I enjoyed it. It's good. All that. I was just like, okay. It's not this for not you. Movie, this is not a movie I'm gonna see twice. I've seen it many times. Watched, yeah, I think I watched that thing like seven times already. Uh, <laughs> but I, I am also, uh, you know, I'm going to a boy band concert in May, so I'm in this for life. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so it sounds like all of us are thinking Pinocchio is likely. If you're betting, you've got to go with Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's the safe. It's the. I think Turning Red would be the upset, or mm-hmm. or Puss in Boots. Boots and uh, I would say puss and boots. Yeah. If you want to definitely win money, you should go Pinocchio. It's all our betting. Um, all our degenerate listeners. Uh, but, you know, if you're trying to, like, you know, like, really turn a profit, you know, like, bet something with, like, you know, not the best odds um, and, like, make a good sum, I, I think I would go puss and boots, too. I think that'd be, like, where you could, like, actually turn a good profit so uh and the last thing i wanted to mention i we haven't talked about documentary feature i will say what i feel is potentially a front runner is all the beauty and the bloodshed which will be available on hbo max after the oscars um however i believe some winners have been fire of love and uh, Navel Me have won some of the other awards. So I don't know if it's something that folks are invested in. I've seen some pretty good docs over the years. Uh, I'm pretty sure last year's winner was not something I actually wanted to win, though. The last um, doc I've watched, I think, was either some serial killer <laughs> thing on Netflix or, oh. or a rerun of Planet Earth. And Planet Earth never gets any love. So that's where I am with docs. All right. <laughs> Uh, there was one I, I do want to shout out. So, um, so Summer of Soul actually won last year, which I did really like. Uh, that is on Hulu. Uh-huh. If folks are, are wanting something to check out. Um, and there was one more that I really liked. Uh, yes, the year that my octopus teacher won, uh, which was 20, 2020, 2021, I really liked Time. Time is on Amazon if folks are wanting to watch that. Flea, I believe, is also in Hulu, which was a nominee last year. Also really good and a creative way to, to kind of go about a documentary. That was, was that in, that wasn't an animated feature. 
Yeah, it, it, was. it was in three different. So for uh, oh, international yeah. feature, I believe, uh, animated feature and documentary feature. Wow, really? Mm -hmm. it, yeah. So the documentary yeah. is animated. It is indeed. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Very interesting. So yeah, I certainly recommend it. Uh, we will we will see what some winners are. Um, come that Sunday. was in that great animated lineup I mentioned last year. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. This one's stronger. <laughs> no, moving on. Alrighty. <laughs> so we're gonna move on. Uh, we have a lot more categories in this one. So this is what I like to call the technical and artistry category. Uh, so we're lumping, sorry to all these various different groups, but you know, we got a podcast to run. Uh, so we have best original song, best original score, um, VFX, so special effects, makeup and hairstyling, costume, production design, editing, and sound. So any of the, the artist, artistic and or technical categories, if y'all have a standout or something you're wanting to mention, Now's the time. All right, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Well, oh, oh. I was gonna say something. What are what you, you about song? Are you talking about song? What are you talking about? Song, yeah. So okay, uh, go ahead, because I'm I'm gonna talk about song next. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, so I guess I could have mentioned this at the top. Um, you know, one of the <clears throat> one of the things kind of like affecting how I feel about this Oscars is like it feels like my favorite movies. Um, nope, RRR. Um, the Northmen, I think we're all pretty much just like got no nominations except <laughs> best original song. I think it's not to not to, yeah. um, mm -hmm. from RRR. Yep. This is like this only like lone representation of like my favorite movies. So I wanted to win so badly. Um, mm -hmm. I thought it was easily could have been like a best picture nomination. RRR um, was fantastic. It was I so loved, good. I loved it. I, um, I saw it like really late on because I know you guys were saying RRR, RRR. And you know, like I put it on my list and I just like forgot. And then like one of mm -hmm. these days I was just bored and saying like, this has been sitting on my list for a while. Let me see it. And I was like, damn, three hours. Okay. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. I told my, I told my, my dad, you gotta watch this. He called me the next day. This is amazing. <laughs> like it is a commit. It is a it is a commitment. But like, it is a commitment. Once you get into it, yeah. And once, once you, you like, get into the rhythm. movie, it is such a fun movie. I, I'm so, so honestly, I'm surprised it got snubbed. And also, yeah. I agree with you with the Northmen. I adore the Northmen. Yeah. yeah. And, no, I love the Northmen too. Um, and just noth nothing for the Northmen. Yeah, Nothing that, for no, no did, nominations. That did surprise me. And wait, if we're also if if we're talking about the technical, it, that means I think like score. I think it is. Yeah. So song score, special effects, makeup, hairstyle, costume, production design, editing, sound. Wait, so hold up. Did you score? I think one that got snubbed that I liked the score a lot, the Batman. Mm. I also really like that score like yeah. the batman the score like it is so it is frightening like you just feel like batman's creeping up on you the entire movie well, and i'm surprised they snubbed it and well, honestly like i adored the batman and for me it was one of, for me it was one of the best movies of the year but i i may be biased but i adored that movie let me let me say this real quick 
because uh, gosh, y'all gonna make me talk about the Batman. Hooper TV, did you finish your song bit? Um, oh, uh, not to, not to, not to. Um, I want RRR to like win something, and this is kind of the only thing it's like up for. So I really hope it takes away, uh, walks away with this award. And I think one, you know, it's kind of like this kind of roundabout way to like celebrate the movie because the song is, is like uh featured in the scene where they're like dancing and it's this really kind of like it's really like a moment in the movie that it kind of like yep. transcends kind of like what it's doing you know what i mean it kind of like it's kind of like outlandish and it's kind of like it's kind of like really big and you're just kind of like for a second you might be like wait what's happening they're just doing a dance song but it totally works and at the end it like hits you with like this great moment where um like one of the characters like decides to take a fall to make the other character like look better in front of like the girl yep. he's attracted to and it's so heartwarming and nice so it's like uh giving this award to RRR here for this song I think kind of like is like not only awarding it for the song it's like awarding it for like the, mu the movie it's recognizing the movie picture. yeah so that's how i feel. I, I, I agree like natu natu was my uh, my personal pick too all right and i will say it did win the golden globe and it did win the critics choice so <sighs> but it wasn't nominated for anything else which makes me think Maybe people aren't into this. They haven't seen it. I don't know. It's weird. It's like in a, a weird spot. Here. They saw the song though, which I'm sure you could probably look up the song on YouTube. Maybe that's what boosted they it. Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. I, I'm gonna tell you. You have something to say? Yes, I do. Marker? Yes, okay. I do. I'm fine with about song. Well, yes, about song. I'm fine with any of these because I'm not truly invested. However, if 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 I if I would like to see anything win, I guess it would be "Lift Me Up" as a tribute. I would like to see some love towards Lift Me Up, and I haven't seen as much. But I'm going to talk about some snubs real quick. I'm sure Dr. Rico will agree. The fact that no, nothing from the Turning Red soundtrack is on here is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I cannot get behind that. Not one bit. We need um, more fun. Like, honestly, Natu Natu is like the only fun song on here in terms of like <laughs> a performance at the Oscars. And mm, mm. yeah, we're gonna see that perform. That'll be fun. Which that's they... the thing. Rihanna's gonna look great. You know, <laughs> she'll sound great. She'll look beautiful, wonderful. Lift me up is boring. I'm sorry, Riri. <laughs> it's, it's boring. Uh, okay. Um, I know you're having the second baby. I don't know if we're ever gonna get some new music, and that's not your priority <laughs> right now. And Auntie was a masterpiece. But lift me up is it's boring. It's a tribute. I, I know it's a tribute, but it, it's a boring one. And I'm just saying that the the soundtrack of the first Black Panther was really, really good. And so I was, a little, I was really disappointed with this one. Um, and while I will enjoy Rihanna's performance, we have to be we have to be honest about the song. It's not her best. Doctor okay. Rika is saying the quiet part out loud right now. I'm just um, saying. I think all. I think we all collectively felt the same. That I first still song, haven't that, listened to the soundtrack. When the song dropped, honestly, if you if you talk to me about Black Panther two and you know, no, like I don't remember actually any of the music there. Like I remember more like the Creed soundtrack. Granted, it was a lot a lot more recent, 
But Ooh. I was like jamming out to that more than any black than any of the black uh, songs of the Black Panther. You can put it on right now, and I'm gonna say like, where's that from? Yeah, this one yeah. was not as like that. Like that, I'm. It's wasn't memorable. And again, yeah. same as Dr. Rika. I love I love Rihanna, but love her, the queen. Yeah, got it. She is like okay, but it, no, it was almost I, like a kind of like an obligation. They said we have to nominate this song you know like tribute or not tribute it doesn't deserve to win i'm okay with it winning i don't i'm sure not to not to will take it i'm gonna give you one more snub and you can uh, disagree with this i don't know the lady gaga song from top gun i do but actually I, know that one i think the one republic song from top gun from the beach scene is a better song from that oh. movie I ain't worried about it right now. Keep your dream alive. You know the the little the little this the little that <laughs> that song snub. That is the better song from Top Gun Maverick. That I song like hold my hand. Hold my hand. I don't know it. Oh, that's the one that played it over the credits, right? Yes, you know some oh, dramatic eighties situation. Care. It's pandering. They're now. It's like it's Lady Gaga. We got a nominator. It's Rihanna's tribute. We got a nominator. There are some things they can't get away with. Um, and guess and guess who's back for nominees too? Diane Warren. She's never gonna stop. For what? What's she nominated for? I believe she is the applause nominee. She hasn't. Like, she's she's won never before, won. Right? She's never, never won. won. Oh yes. my goodness. Yeah. Whew. I mean, yeah, a legend. Um. All right, to switch gears a little bit because yeah, I do want to spotlight something before we get to the. We have, a, the yeah, we have a lot of categories here, so sure. yeah. Other things you want to um, highlight? I want to highlight Babylon. I know, also kind of like a, and I understand, like you know, it's a bit of. I could see people having mixed reactions. To You're talking Babylon. score it for Babylon? No, for me, Babylon uh, out of those is in the score. I think for me, it's the winner. Oh. So the score, you're so right. The score is great. I was thinking like production design. I thought yeah. like that movie like looked and felt like so vivid. Oh yeah, and the and, costumes like, too. Cool. I got in the costumes. I have them as as winners. Yeah, no, I think like with um, I don't know, like that opening party scene. You know, I felt like that captured like early 1900s partying and excess and um, just like debauchery. Like better than uh, Baz Luhrmann's The Great Gatsby. Oh, I mean, like yes. those. Open Wait a minute! How Whoa. dare you? No, oh, yes. What do There's you? There's a Baz Luhrmann entry here, and you're telling me production. Um, hey. Oh no. Hey, I'm sorry. I, mean, I think Elvis did a uh, great I'm... job. You you didn't get invited to the production of. When I think of production, I I think like getting sucked in. I felt sucked into Babylon scenes, like okay. productions. Like, I mean, even like the um, one, the whole scene where they're like on the set that first day. Oh, I did um, not watch Babylon, so. Okay, well, all right. Well, I, I have to take your um, word for whatever you're saying right now. This, there's like this just like amazing scene where like, you know, it's a like kind of production set, um, but it's just done in such a, cool and like i know what like, scene you're talking eye about opening way yeah it's just like it's kind of I know what scene you're talking about the movie yeah, has, like it's, honestly it's, yeah it had like it does have its bad things but when it comes to uh, yeah like 
score the production design it is top wow so y'all trying to give this to babylon these uh and i want to spotlight it here because it wasn't nominated for best picture no, I would, I would, no, sure I, wasn't you're right i i, I wouldn't have nominated for best picture yeah that it doesn't movie deserve other it. problems that would not that would not make me nominated doesn't doesn't <laughs> deserve it neither did uh that that La La land <laughs> damien chevelle is overrated okay uh, oh Oh, I don't think that's accurate. I'm not except for Whiplash. Except for Whiplash. Except for Whiplash. Look, I'm not even a Chazelle fan, and that is inaccurate. I think except for Whiplash. His first four movies are Whiplash, La La Land, The First Man, and and Babylon. That's like you can stop at whether you're mixed on a couple. You can stop at Whiplash. That's an incredible starting four. You can stop. I'm I'm gonna tell you right now, Elvis for production, Elvis. I just saw Elvis uh, last night. Um, I liked Elvis. I wasn't crazy about it. It, you know, I liked stuff about Elvis, but I mean, the production design, the costuming—I mean, it was good. It's probably worth the nomination. But let me tell you why Elvis works really well. It's because Baz did not go a hundred percent Baz, and I, I would actually say he did. I I think hundred percent Baz was not this i think this was this felt like 80 percent baz this was I not could great see that a little i could yeah. see that a little bit him at his like all out kind of ridiculousness is you know great early is like is no i would say moulin rouge is oh Romeo well moulin rouge is probably yeah peak baz yeah uh yeah but like so romeo and juliet um yeah i guess yeah I, this world uh, I, 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 but I really like what they did with Elvis. I think they did a really good job with Elvis as far as production of, you know, the Las Vegas scenes, uh, you know, maybe costuming. I think like, I think they did a really good job with making Austin Butler. And I think it plays into like what I might be saying about him during our best actor conversation, but he did really look and feel and i don't know if he looked and felt like elvis i don't really know elvis like that but he did really look and feel like he was given elvis know, this... he he was given elvis yeah like when he when the girls were going crazy for him you bought it like when he, he had like that little hair piece early on like that little piece of hair like stringing down his face curl. over his eyes antonio and i, was I mean like, dr mondo do the superman curl real quick uh, i think it was i was, <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, like oh i get it you know, I think I was like alone in the theater and I was like, oh, I get it. Looked to my left and I was like, yep, you see it? I see it. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I think, and it's like, and I think that goes to like the costume, the makeup, you know, kind mm. of like they were, they were making him work. They were, I, they were I, making him grow. I was only going to give it production. If you're talking costume and makeup, I think it'd be really cool if Black Panther takes it for a second time. Mm. <sighs> I'm not the biggest fan of this movie, as I've discussed in other pods. But uh, I just think it would be cool. I, I'm I'm not, I'm pretty indifferent to these categories. Um, I think if if you want to talk, you know, uh, Dr. Mondo brought up the Batman. I think yes, Batman got snubbed for score because again, taking a well-established franchise and trying to make it your own—that's hard to do. Michael yeah. Giacchino did a great job, however. I also give Batman the points for makeup and hairstyling. Look at freaking oh, yeah. Colin Farrell 
Yes. Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Um, he could win that alone just for that. Oh, yeah. Like, Batman, it's like, when it comes to a costume, it's Batman, Babylon. Like, those are my, like, my two. Oh, Batman doesn't have costume nomination. Wait, no, it's, it's just, not. Yeah, wait, it's just makeup, makeup hairstyling for, yeah, makeup hairstyling for the Batman. Well, then, yeah, I do have them. Yeah, they're, they're mine. I put Batman as makeup. Yeah, I'm seeing all my entire list here. <laughs> I will say some uh, things that we have. Oh. Oh, we, we can move on after this. Uh, I was just going to say that, like, you know, I thought the makeup with, like, you know, with Elvis, you know, they captured, you know, young, cut, like, girls go crazy Elvis early on. But then, you know, they kind of got the puffy-faced kind of. <laughs> Later on in the movie, when Austin Butler started looking a little tubby in the face, I was like, oh, wow, they did a good job. You know, so I'll just say that, too, in, uh, for Elvis possibly taking makeup and hairstyle hair makeup yeah yeah things we haven't mentioned so sound uh it's Ooh. interesting because in this category Batman. we have war films tend to be pretty popular and right. we have like one and a half i don't know what you categorize top gun as <laughs> um but then I think Elvis being that there is that kind of musical element, there are some folks may be swayed with that. And then Batman, I, I think too, with depending on, I think some of the car chases, et cetera. Uh, so that'd be interesting to see what takes. And we haven't really mentioned film editing. I'm pretty partial to everything everywhere. Um, oh yeah. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, as far as film editing. Uh, I is, think is that across the board? Are we unanimous editing? Yeah. Pretty much. I think I would go editing. Yeah, I'd go editing. It there. did win. Uh, which one was it? It may have been the BAFTAs. Yes, it did win the editing BAFTA. Um, just if folks were interested in knowing that, and then visual effects, Avatar. Oh, oh that, that's I like yes. <laughs> All right, remember, remember me saying everything everywhere should win best editing. Uh, as I start coming for it um, later on in our conversation. So remember, sure. I was nice to it early on. So, yeah. Sound um, for me is Batman. Uh, sound is tough. Um, and, and yeah, sound. sound and visuals. I yeah, I usually lump these together. Uh, sound. I might give it a Top Gun. Um, Top Top Gun is great. Yeah, Top Gun and Batman are for me the big the big ones when it comes to sounds. Because again, I was just like blown away, like in the movie theater, just like whoa. I wish I watched Top Gun in theaters, and I oh, hate myself for I having that experience. Yeah. It was great in theaters. My setup uh, did not suffice. I loved uh, um, All Quiet. No, didn't love. Uh, I liked All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, but you know what makes that movie work? in my opinion, is, like, kind of the sound. Um, you know, the, uh, this, this, I mean, the sound, the cinematography, I mean, like, there's, like, a couple, it's definitely, like, one of those technical movies that I was, like, mm. rather than being moved by, I was, like, more impressed technically. Um, yeah. You know, the sound, and then, like, I don't even know if I love the score, but there was, like, this, like, it kept going back to, like, this certain, like, couple notes, like, throughout this movie. It was, like, this really loud, kind of, like, in-your-face note, and it kind of, like, I think tied into like the war and kind of the gruesomeness of it. So, you know, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily rooting for it here, but I definitely, if I'm like thinking about who could win, I'm, I might be leaning towards all quiet on the Western front in one of these categories. 
I、uh, think what sways me against like that ends possibly that I that movie didn't come out in theaters. It was only in Netflix, right? Netflix, <laughs> yep. So I think that sways a lot,、uh, influences a lot, because I'm pretty sure if I would have seen All Quiet on the Western Front in theaters, I also would have been blown away because the movie does have. Yeah, like does that very well. War dramas, I think, should be、it's, watched in. And it's、theaters. funny you said that because I did see it in theaters. Yeah, yeah I was like,、oh, you know, I was like playing at one of the. Yeah, because I I saw you know, local cinema. Yeah, yeah, and I did feel that like in the theater, and I was like, whoa, like this is this is something. So can I just I ask? See, I see it winning there. Has anybody seen the original? Y'all know this is a remake. I haven't、yeah. seen the original. Well, it's it's based off of a book. Well, there's an original too, though. Yeah,、quiet. there have been three. This is the third remake. This is the or, third. Th- sorry, the second. So the third film based off of this book. Oh damn!、Yeah. I don't even know which one I watched then. Yeah, it's an it's another adaptation. I don't I don't know if they're remaking the movie. I think、well, they could just be like, you know, look at、well, the book again. Everything because I was like, eh, I don't even yeah, know if I care book, to watch it. And then there's the original film. There's another film, and then there's this one. And I think the thing is that makes it. Interesting, I think,、um, is that you know I think the first two are made by American filmmakers.、Uh, this、yes. was the first one that was made by German filmmakers, and you know,、um, is like you know all in ger- German. You know, spoken and come out. Did y'all watch it in German? They're like I, wa- I watched and, it. In yeah. Also, did you not? Oh no! Well, I didn't. So I knew it was German made, and then I put it on Netflix, and they tried me by giving me English, and I was like, "Why is this in English?" Wow.、Um, yeah, you have to manually switch it.、And、I was like, well, like geez, honestly, <laughs> honestly, like German shows and German movies. Not gonna lie, they're really good. yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not opposed to watching things in German.、Uh, I was just like,、yeah. I ain't trying to watch these mouths not match up. Oh, yeah, I didn't know dialogue. the default, default to English. That sounds weird, but um, yeah, and the book's German too. I don't know if we mentioned that. It's like written by a German author pre-Nazi Germany. Um, I think it was like banned by the Nazis because it was、sounds、like you、right. know anti-war, anti-war, and so you know it's it, you know I think it like the way it's like rooted in German history. I think kind of like. In my opinion, I won't be able to like pinpoint exactly how, but like you know, I think it made it kind of feel more, more accurate, more、uh, authentic, like, authentic. Yeah, yeah, more authentic. We'll say that. I like that. So I'm just gonna、that. say the Oscars do love a good war movie. They do. It was nominated I, multiple times in different categories, which I, I think I'm gonna actually shift us because it it makes sense because it was nominated for best international feature. And that will move us towards writing, cinematography, and international feature. So,、mm-hmm. adapted screenplay, original screenplay, cinematography, cinematography, and international feature are all fair game. So, y'all can continue this conversation. But I wanted I'm, to. Well, I'm terrible with international films. First, international.、Foremost. I'm gonna put like all quiet on the Western front because honestly, that I think that was the only one I saw on that list, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's gonna win. Period. I just、uh, want to get my. I was just gonna get my snubs out of the way before we get into these.、Um, RRR should have been an international. Don't know how it's not. I don't know if I、um, was thinking that too. I was confused or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think someone had mentioned. I'll look it up to verify. But one of the films that folks felt like it should have been nominated was not actually even 
submit it. Yeah, because, oh, you know, for our listeners, um, you know, for whatever reason, sounds stupid, to be honest, when you say that. Yeah, um, India the Academy. Wow, that's crazy. The Academy requires each country to submit one movie to be up for, uh, to be possibly an international feature. So every country. Experience in Puerto Rico submitted one. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, it's just, uh, it's, yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's dumb, but it, it could have led to RR being snubbed here. But I want to mention whether it was because the Academy didn't vote for it or as it sounds like, you know, they weren't submitted, um, stumped here, either way. And then I think for best original screenplay, I mean, I loved Nope. I thought this writing of Nope was just fantastic in terms of like, you know, we've been talking, you know, a lot of people have been talking about the creativity of everywhere, um, everything everywhere all at once. You know, I thought the creativity of like Nope screenplay and how it was just like, you know, um, tying in these like bigger themes and, just how original it kind of was with like the alien. Um, I, if, if I could have got it in one thing, it would have been best original screenplay to see. And, you know, I think Jordan Peele, the previous best original screenplay winner for get out. Um, yes. pretty positive about that. Um, no, he did. He won. Yeah. And so the fact that he didn't even like get to like, not necessarily defend his title here, but the fact that he didn't get nominated here and nope, got completely stubbed all the way around another disappointment, but, um anyways why don't you get those off uh before we get into the actual well time out uh, we're we're in cinematography right yep no uh, no yeah, so cinematography international uh, oh. features and i'm talking about another stuff nope nope could have easily been nominated for cinematography yeah, uh, yeah. Easily. i don't understand the movie was pretty popular i think it made like had a pretty good box office run nothing crazy it wasn't like a get out kind of phenomenon but you know i mean one yeah. the whole movie's about cinematography it's all about getting yeah. a shot yeah oh yeah. what a missed opportunity so that's so terrible. weird i don't like nope yeah, i i, don't know I, I am surprised that nope was snubbed because nope was i found it to be very inventive for a very for a very cliche topic that uh, that is a uh, that is like the aliens are abducting everyone that you're like, oh, we've seen this a thousand times before and how it flipped it on its head. It was like, yeah. okay, this, this is really cool. I yeah. enjoyed the nope a lot. So I'm, I'm surprised it got snubbed when it comes to my original. I think I put banshees. Wait, tell me what, what banshees for what? what you, oh, you wait, 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 we're That's not on original because original is big six, right? No, original. Right now, we're talking about original screenplay, adapted screenplay, oh, cinematography. Okay. Yeah, original screenplay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, oh wait, oh wait. Every let me see again. Oh, the, I'm sorry. It. It's got to go to everything. Oh uh, wait, ain't wait, no wait. film like that film. Now and I there just won't read be a film like that film in the next twenty years. There's no way. Yeah, There's wait, no now I read the entire list and it seems that I have like an episode of Dyslexia and didn't see everything. Yeah. You better change it now. You oh, better yeah, change it now. Yeah. The thing is, once though, I saw everything, this, that's it. This is um, this is a really good, I think, set of nominations, in my opinion. Because um, I think Tar I think Tar is really well, well written. Like, What's your Tar you know, raid? The Tar mean, raid starts think, now. I, I'm just saying... It was really well written. Um, kind of it like is, the is. dialogue. 
the dialogue in that movie through from beginning to end is really just like some like high wire stuff. I agree. Um, I agree I think, with that. And I think Banshees in kind of an opposite way where it's like rather than doing, you know, going for like this like high minded kind of like intellectual kind of like, you know, Kate Blanche is like in a class of herself um, in terms of what like, you know, her uh, like monologues and stuff. You know, Banshee's a lot more quieter. It's like there's a lot less being said, like I think per word per minute, but like there's, when there's more know, of a human the, element to Banshees. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, but like what everything's being everything there's less being said, but everything being said is important. Um, you know, and I know screenplay is more than just the dialogue, but you know, just like focusing on that in those two movies, I think. Um you know, I don't know. It's like really well written in very different ways looking at those two. Yeah, I super just quickly for international feature sort of feels like all quiet on the Western front. So maybe the front runner. Argentina uh, 1985 won the Golden Globe, but all quiet has won. Um, it won at the BAFTAs for film not in the English language. Uh, it also won something else that I'm probably missing. Actually, at Critics' Choice, RRR won the Best Born Feature. Um, but it does feel like uh, All Quiet, um, maybe edging a little bit, but I could potentially see Argentina in 1985, just because it had been mentioned in one something in the past. But something to, to bring about, but I haven't seen all of them, because my favorite international feature that was snubbed was Decision to Leave. Um, oh, yeah. Yes, so, we should shout out Decision to Leave. Uh, so That's also a snub. to mention that as a snub. Um, and then cinematography. I liked TARS cinematography, to be honest with you. Um, and it has one. So just throwing that out there as, as something that has taken it. But very quickly, let me make sure that I get um, the right... Was it Critics' Choice? Nah, the Independent Spirit Awards. I gave Tar the Cinematography Award. So, just first in history. But I love screenplays. Uh, those are two of my favorite categories, historically. Of the 10 that are nominated across both original and adapted, I've seen all but one, uh, which is living. So I can't speak to it. I don't think it's a front runner anyway. Uh, but as far as original screenplay, I am leaning Banshees, but could see everything everywhere potentially creeping in. Um, both of them have shared awards. So Banshees won the Golden Globe. I believe oft also won the BAFTA original screenplay. And, but the Writers Guild gave it to the Daniels for original screenplay for everything everywhere. Um, and then Independent Spirit also gave screenplay to the Daniels. So I could see everything everywhere edging in out Banshees of Inner Sharon, but Banshees of Inner Sharon feels very Oscar-y. Like, I think they they like uh, mm, that some is of tough. Um, Martin, Here's the yeah, thing. Before, before we move off original screenplay, um, you know, uh, Tony Kushner, like, legendary writer of, you know, I guess both screenplays, but also, um, you know, like, play plays, like, for Broadway and stuff. Um, you know, <laughs> Angels in America. I believe is his like nineties, um, you know, um, big work that was, you know, exploring 
um, you know, the AIDS crisis in America. Um, anyways, also wrote, I think, Lincoln. So he's been really tied with, you know, Spielberg for a bit. You know, I don't think he's ever won an Oscar yet. So I think, you know, there could be a contingent that's like really interested in getting uh, the Fablemans, like this best original screenplay also. So this this category, maybe out of all of them, um, unsure about Triangle's sadnesses status, but I think this one could go in a lot of different directions. I would say the Fablemans and Triangle of Sadness feel the least likely of the five, despite Tony's power. Um, I think Banshees and Tar feel maybe the more, I don't, the only word that's coming up is like sophisticated in terms of like, you expect films like that probably to get nominated in an original screenplay, whereas Everything Everywhere feels fresher uh, in comparison. So I see why it's kind of racked up some awards, but I feel like the, the other two feel a little less likely uh, in comparison, but that's kind of where I stand. I'm going to say this. No, to your point. Oh. All right, I'll go, I'll go quickly. Uh, to your point, okay. uh, Dr. Rika, I think, you know, a lot of times like the uh, the original screenplay, especially usually feels like the hipster pick, you know what I mean? Where it's like, <laughs> this is actually my favorite movie. Like, you know, so I'm going to yeah, yeah. use this award to give it to it. And then like, we'll save the best picture for like the most Oscar-y movie. Mm -hmm. So, and I think if you look at like the history of like the best original screenplay, you can kind of see, you see a lot of that yeah. in the past. So you're saying Grandmaster Hoop? Um, so, you know, y'all brought up Banshees and Tar. I think those two films are films that if you don't have a good screenplay, there is no film. Those mm. films ride on the backs of their screenplay. Which is why, though, I'm going to give it to everything everywhere, because that's not a film that visually it looks like it builds off of its screenplay, but its screenplay adds so much to the overall film experience of itself. And I'm just going to point out the one scene that I think really solidifies it is just the ending of the film where she's talking to uh, Jobo Topaki uh, in another realm because she cannot reach her in the bagel, but because they can feel everything everywhere all at once, she's talking to her. See, it's even complicated even saying it, but <laughs> that scene I thought was so well done and to write that scene is kind of crazy to kind of put two words to paper and pencil. And that is why I'm hoping it pulls away with the win, uh, because that is a layered screenplay right there. That is a very difficult. I think that is a very difficult screenplay to write. Uh, yeah, I think I think the scene that stands out to me is the one in the parking lot near the end as well. Mm. Um, yeah, that one, that one, that that same one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. Uh, particularly, I, I think it's actually making the rounds uh, on Twitter as well. And uh, as far as people just pointing out, like when they knew, like, oh, Michelle is in this. Um, <laughs> and so it, it does feel like Banshees and, and Tar feel kind of like punchy. Like, I think some of the dialogue felt like this is like, yes, give this to an actor and then let them run with it. <laughs> that I is think a great every... way to describe yeah. it. That's actually, I think everything everywhere. <laughs> Uh, there was more that felt connecting to me in, in some of the dialogue um, and in some of the way that scenes were set up that it felt like I felt more emotionally invested. And I 
I, I talked about on you know the movie review of 2022 that Banshees and, and Tar were in my top five movies of the year. So I, I obviously very much like those movies, but I think there's something about what Everything Everywhere gave me that I just felt a little bit more connected just emotionally to, to the story, to the characters. And then ultimately because of the dialogue, because of the screenplay, um, to the acting as well. So thoughts on adapted screenplay. We were just talking about how close this the original screenplay was and like this like one how can't be close. maybe in different directions. Do you have a do you have a front runner? I don't even know if I have a front runner. Um I don't really have a front runner, but if I'm to give it to anything, uh this is the only thing Ryan Johnson is nominated for uh for uh glass onion uh i thought that was a really good uh screenplay um so i might i guess i'm leaning towards glass onion but you know oddly enough i'm also leaning towards top gun because top gun moved me in a way that i never thought i would be moved uh yeah <laughs> I, I don't even know how top gun i guess top it's adapted because it's a sequel uh um, yeah but uh yeah i don't i mean i haven't i haven't seen i haven't you know i haven't watched uh i've seen the original all quiet uh living and woman talking i can't talk about those so i'm leaning towards uh glass onion if they could give it a top gun i wouldn't be mad because i don't think other than the technical stuff i don't think top gun's probably gonna get any kind of other service to it so yeah, I think I think I would like to give it to Top Gun. Uh, like I saw Quiet, I saw Top Gun, I saw Glass Onion, liked all three. But yeah, like Top Gun, the thing is that I went into movies just expecting an action film, and was blown away <laughs> by uh, by Top Gun. Like I saw the original Top Gun, I liked it, but it's not. Oh. I think this one's leagues better than the original. No, no, yeah. Uh, like, I saw the original Top Gun. I liked it, you know. This is the movie that launched Tom Cruise. And I was just like, okay, this is just a fun movie on... Testosterone! Uh, yeah, on a, Saturday, on a Saturday night that I don't have anything to do. And then, like, oh, my God, this movie's fantastic. Uh, and it just blew me away. So I would like Top Gun to win that. Uh, likely front runners, women talking. Um, it is I think one, so too. I would have seen killed. women talking, so that's why women talking yeah. that's about Harvey. No, no, um, that's the <laughs> other. There's another film called she I think it's said. like in it's like, she she said, gonna make, yeah, it's like in, gonna make uh, a joke like about women society and like the, the women are. I think it's, so. so. It's based off a book, um, and Which it is, is based one, off of something real. Yeah, the book is okay. based off of something that actually did happen. Uh, but Sarah Polly, who's the writer-director, uh, won the Writers Guild as well as the Critics' Choice for Adapted Screenplay. Sorry, my cat is, is very invested, I guess, in this conversation. <laughs> um, so it's likely All Quiet won the BAFTA, but All Quiet also won a lot of awards at the BAFTA. So I don't know yeah, how, how, much oh, it, how indicative of that. That I but, did know. Uh, maybe Women Talking is, is the front runner um because it's definitely a front runner for best picture what are they talking about so the uh, a brief um, synopsis is it is a community a pretty conservative uh, community based off of kind of a religion um whereby the women are gathering together because the men are currently not in the community 
um, after a series of sexual assaults to discuss like uh, the men have been lying about what has been going on and we have to decide if we're going to stay in this community and continue to be abused and or if we leave or if we fight back. And so it, it is about these women gathering together and having a conversation about how how they move forward uh, with their lives. And it, the cast is pretty stacked. Um, I'll say more of my feelings about it when we get near Best Picture. Um, but the writing's good. I think the, the screenplay's solid. Uh, of the yeah, five listed there, it's not my favorite, but... I'll add there that um, it's, um, you know, it's very kind of uh, squared off. You know, it's like usually just taking place in like a room where they're, they are talking. It's aptly named. Um, and so, and also I think the cast is really good, but because they're all kind of so good, in my opinion, I think... You know, some people might say like Jesse Buckley, but in my opinion, like, I think they all, I don't want to say like cancel each other out, but like, you know, um, they're all kind of like holding their own and it kind of leads to there not being quite like an obvious leader. And I think it keeps the focus on the dialogue between them. And so when you're thinking about like screenplay, I think dialogues, he's like a, you know, easy place to kind of go to and think about. And so, you know, I could see, you know, when people are thinking about like women talking and maybe wanting to honor it, you know, I think, oh, like, yeah, the screenplay was really good. The dialogue was really good. I could see some of the voters doing that, even though I think I would agree it, you know, I don't love all, all of the ones listed here. I still have not seen Living, um, um, but I love Kasu Ishiguro. Um, I read Clara and the Sun. I think that was two years ago, maybe. Uh, and that was a fantastic book. So I do love his writing, but I have not seen Living, so I can't really comment on that. Um, but yeah, I guess like, it's not like I, you know, I like Glass Onion, like Top Gun, like All Quiet to an extent, um, like the woman talking to all an extent, but there's not a clear one where I'm like really rooting for, um, or even really feel strongly about that in the way that I do about pretty much most of the ones in best original screenplay. Ooh, that one's up in the air then. Well, we're going to go ahead. Very up in the air. We've got uh, some big categories yeah. that we haven't talked about yet. We've alluded to, I think, some of our thoughts throughout. So this you know, may or may not make this conversation quick. Um, but we're going to move to acting and direction. Uh, so supporting Ooh. actress, supporting actor, uh, lead actress, lead actor, uh, best director. Have at it. All right, I'll okay. start with support. Supporting Let's actor, right? We can start with supporting actor. Uh, sure. I support. I think we can all agree on supporting. Maybe. Let's it's try. Key. One, two, three. Key. He he Kwan. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. This, hold this up. Like I, first I, unanimous. <laughs> no, that's yeah. like our second ahead, unanimous. Um, I'm just okay, gonna go say. Go th I'm gonna say this real quick. Um, I, the only thing I haven't seen for supporting is Causeway. So I think it's really cool that Brian also, Brian is nominated and uh, he's the only black actor other than Angela that's nominated. So I I noticed that. Uh, uh, I will say Brian Tyree Henry should have been nominated for If Beale Street Could Talk for a electrifying nine minutes. <laughs> uh, he no <laughs> genuinely they they hit the scene. He's at the this uh, dinner table having a conversation now uh, with the lead. That is like a masterclass in acting. So just want to shout him out as well. But yes, Kiwi 
Kiwi Kwan is winning his Oscar. I'm it his entire campaign has been a delight. Uh so I look forward to his speech on Sunday. Oh yeah. I'm I every time I see like a TikTok featuring Key, I I'm getting emotional every time he talks about I haven't seen Harrison Ford in all these years. I haven't seen Steven Spielberg. Ah, Steven Spielberg gave me good. a standing ovation. Oh, I'm like, I'm like, geez, don't man. Do don't you do an accent? Don't you? Do I'm not, I didn't do an I, accent. I, I heard it slipping out. I, I maybe it was not like hear an accent. I heard. I promise you, I heard your key quad. The way you said, like uh, Steven Spielberg. He said, "Dude, I, okay, whatever." I don't think I did. Okay. Yeah, it was slipping out. It oh, was slipping okay. out. Well, we feel it's unanimous as far as this feels like the big, probably the biggest lock of the night. I'm, I'm going to uh, say this real quick, though, so. about supporting. I think this was wrong. Take Judd Hirsch out. Put Seth Rogen's name into the mix. For oh, the really big Seth Rogen fan. Okay. Oh. All right. I'm, I I think <laughs> he did a great job. It didn't feel like I was so, watching Seth Rogen at times. It's it a felt... weird role. Because uh, you don't I... feel... You walk away hating that guy. Correct. Right? Uh, somewhat. Yes, so, absolutely. Um, I don't think there was enough there for me to, to say uh, he's a nominee. Yeah. I don't think there was enough there for Judd Hirsch. The Fablements is a weird movie. The more I think about it and the more I get away from it, the more I'm just like... Was, was that a... Was it was it a really sad movie? You know, I don't know. I guess we'll talk about that in Best Picture. Um, All right, we'll move forward to uh, Best Supporting Actress. Oh, okay, this one's so tough. This one uh, is tough. All of these uh, different, all the folks listed here, I think, except for Hong Chao, have won something. Uh, Hong Chao was really good in the whale. By the way, I am a whale. Uh, I am a fan of the whale. This is the I, first time we mentioned the whale tonight. I really liked that movie. Like I really felt it was gripping. That was movie. it because of Hong Chao though? Hong Chao does a really good job though. Like I think everyone in that movie does a really good job. The acting in the movie is really freaking good. Because, like, you see her, how she's just kind of respecting her friend's wishes, but at the same time, she's eating herself up because he's killing himself. And he's just accepting mm. his death. It's so gripping. And how she's just, from, like, almost saving him from a heart, like, saving him from a heart attack. He's like, oh, you need to get help. And then she kind of switches a little bit to prom like promoting those like bad behaviors that he's that he's had that have drove him to the place where he is. And it's just she's always at odds with herself and with him. It's great. So she I, I'm not sure she would be like my winner. She's number five. But yeah, and it's like, not even because she's not talented. I think because the other four, yeah, they're bigger have, names. Yeah, they're and bigger not, names. Not only bigger names. I think just the the movies that they're attached to. The whale was only nominated for makeup and hairstyling as well as what two acting awards? Yeah, like uh, best actor. Yeah, no adapted screenplay. And That's, like, um... uh, sorry. kind of like skipping forward, the whale wins my best actor. 
Okay. So don't skip forward. Hold up. Hold up. Yeah, we'll stay with supporting. Yeah, yeah. supporting. Yeah, yeah. Supporting I want right to hear now. everybody else. How does everybody else feel about supporting? Where are you guys leading? All right. Okay. Here's if you're going to make me choose between Stephanie and Jamie, I'm choosing Stephanie oh. all the way. Why doesn't everybody feel that way? I don't understand. I don't know. That's Yes. It's incredibly frustrating. She did win, uh, I believe, Breakout at the Independent Spirit Awards. So I'm glad she got something. Uh, but the fact that Jamie, and I think it's because of her name, because of who she is, because Definitely. of her, her history, Plays a part. because Stephanie was incredible. Um, as far well, hey, as. Hey, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to double down here. Stephanie's gives the best performance in that movie. Stephanie, I think, I would agree, is is the glue that holds everything together. Yep. Um, more what, better than, than Michelle. You said you said she's more than Michelle. Stephanie is the she's the heart and soul of that movie. She Gosh. like it is everything. Everything resolves on around her. It is your, you know, Michelle's you know also super important. Um, in terms of, like, the context of the movie. But, like, I think, really, the movie falls apart. Like, unless Stephanie, who I saw um, originally on Marvelous Miss Maisel, um, is... I, I don't know. Oh my God, is she, is she the yeah. wife on Miss Maisel? What? I mean, not the wife. Uh, the ex-husband uh, starts dating. The new... Yeah. Yeah. We're wow. Men. Something I want to point Come out that, uh, of why <laughs> Stephanie is also so vital. I believe who was initially supposed to be in this role is Aquafina. <laughs> and that would have completely shifted. I don't think that works at all. And I think Aquafina no. in like The Farewell was excellent. It's a great movie. Go watch it. She was really good in that role. I don't think this movie would have worked at all with her in that, that role. That is so interesting to hear. Because they, were, yeah, in, they were both in Shang-Chi. Stephanie and Aquafina are both in. Stephanie, Aquafina, and Michelle are all in Shang Chi. Wait, Stephanie, who is she, like who's Stephanie in uh, like in Shang Chi? Like, she's I'm the sorry. she's just the friend when they go to dinner. They're like, oh yeah, oh. so we went and saved the world, and uh, they're like, sure, sure you did. Oh you're, you're damn, now. yeah. But uh, and the reason why I bring that up is because in, in the initial, like I said, in the write-up of like, oh, they're at the beginning of stages of making this movie from the Daniels, you know, the creators of Swiss Army Man, it was Aquafina who was tied to this project. And... They really would have been totally different. Yeah. I don't yeah, think it would, it would have, have had a totally different vibe. Ooh, yeah. oh, man. I'm not and, saying I don't think Aquafina could do the role. But yeah, definitely, it's a definite. I'm saying Aquafina could not have done the role. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> like, I've, and like I said, the farewell is great. Please go and watch it. She was good at that role. But uh, Stephanie, she is really, really fucking good. Um, yeah, and it's no. really criminal that she hasn't really gotten her flowers um, in the way that yeah. I think a lot of the rest of the cast has in the movie itself. Because, you know, like, yeah. uh, like what has been said by Hooper TV, you know, she I don't think you got to give Jamie the nut. You don't gotta give Jamie the nomination. I feel that's like they felt like they owed Jamie a chance to win. Uh, and that's a I, weird thing. That could be what leads to, to going somewhere else. You know, like could Carrie Condon sneak in? Um, and you right, because they're the dividing. You, they're dividing the vote. Yeah. Uh, could this I hate be the that. place that you honor Banshees? You know, I liked her role. You know, I mean, she's definitely supporting. Um, yes. 
you know, in the sense of like, you know, Stephanie Sue uh, is just like supporting, but she's like the heart of the movie while Carrie Condon's like absolutely on the side. So it's like that weird, like there's levels to supporting. Um, I'm gonna tell you Carrie you Condon's know. best role ever. And it is not even a movie. Uh, it is in Better Call Saul. Um, that is Carrie Condon's best role ever. She's, uh, and that's all. That's all that needs to be say about said about Carrie Condon. Who is she in Better Call Saul? She's Mike's uh, daughter-in-law. That sounds so dumb. I mean, she's probably in like what five scenes. The entire no, series? she's got a good a couple of episodes. And I'm going to wrap us back around to what we're actually talking about, which is <laughs> Best Supporting Actress in Films for this year. Angela right. Bassett felt like the front runner initially, I think because of yeah. this, uh, this power of like, we got to give it to her because we didn't give it to her in the past and she should have had it. Um, however, this particular category has gone to someone different at pretty much every single show. I think Angela maybe has two wins. Um, I believe she won the Critics' Choice as well as the Golden Globe. Golden Globe. Every she won really early and it felt like, oh, she's got it. And then that started, yeah. Up and down. Everywhere down. else. Yeah. The so um, BAFTAs, Carrie Condon, Sags, Jamie Lee Curtis. All right, BAFTAs uh, are biased. And uh, so Independent Spirit Awards now does non-gendered. So it's just supporting performance and lead performance. And it's just whomever it happens to be nominated. So Kiwi Kwan. That's cool. Um, and then Critics' Choice did select uh, Angela Bassett. I would be ec ecstatic for Angela to win. Uh, if you're going to give any award to uh, Wakanda Forever, give it to her. Because I tell you. Uh, I saw that. I saw you. You ever see those videos where it's the screenplay uh, below and it? And yeah, it's yeah. Above. I saw that for uh, the Okoye uh, being dismissed scene. What the the scene that would give Angela Bassett this award? You know, have I not? <laughs> Let me not do it. Um, um, I feel safer than Kiki Kwan first. I'm I'm just all I'm gonna say is that scene it gave me goosebumps again and I started tearing up again because uh, that's the only scene in Wakanda Forever that moved me to tears was that scene right there. The Angela Bassett scene, correct. I would love for Angela to win, or I would love Stephanie, and that's it. That's it. Anybody else? I'm like ah. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. If Angela wins, I wouldn't. Like, if she's like, goes to make her speech, I'd be really happy to hear it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, especially with Stephanie. You know, I think the others, I still need to see The Whale. Um, that'll be a This Weekend project. Um, but uh, Jamie would be the only one where I'd be like, I don't know. I know she's like a legend, you know, she's like a scream queen, like the original OG. Um, but. Just like the whole kind of like Stephanie is also in her, her movie. So it's like, you know, it feels weird that she would win it instead of her. I think that probably holds me back more than anything. I would agree. I would honestly, I would just love to see a three-way Asian lead supporting sweep, uh, which just have never been done. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not against that. It would be cool if it was like all 
the movies, you know. Yeah, like I mean that would that movie. would be cool. Yes, that would be cool. It all be in the same movie, you know. It doesn't. I think diminish it, diminish it in a way. It doesn't like cancel it out, but I think it diminishes it in a way. So even though they're all really well deserving, and in another year, I would definitely be rooting for them all because I'm definitely rooting for Kiki Kwan. I think I'm rooting for Stephanie. But not to transition. Uh, I, transition don't, I don't know if I'm rooting. Actress in the I don't know role. if I'm rooting. I don't know if I'm rooting for. You need to stop. Michelle. You need to stop. I don't know. If I'm right. For I don't. You're you're terrible. You're bad. I'll mean, take. Go ahead. Finish your take. Why? Why? What? What? Mm. Kate Blanchett just felt like Kate Blanchett. <laughs> it just felt like Kate Blanchett. <laughs> I I buy Kate Blanchett being this, you know, this uh correct me if I'm wrong, is the term dom. She's a she's a dom. Uh she puts people in their, their place. She makes people <laughs> like and I and, and you know what? And I love the scene where Olga, uh girl homegirl from Russia, totally just goes out and pays no attention to Tar. I said, That's what you get, bitch. You're mean. You're mean. And Krista, you don't even care about Krista. You don't even care about your assistant. And see, I'm saying all these things, and I that means I'm buying into the performance. But it, it's worse. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of like become like a really big thing, like when people just like treat Lydia Tar like she is a real person. Um, and it's hard to tell when it's a bit and it's or like people are being serious. Like I think it's like there's like. <laughs> I think there are actually people who left being like, wow, that Lydia Tarr really was something. You know what I mean? Like, And um, let me let me just say, I only called her the B word because that is what she portrays on screen. Uh, I, I Nice save. To... I th <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I think, um, I think, you know, it's like weird to kind of like think about it in like a sports context. But like, and I may have mentioned this um, in our end of the year pod, like going to the movies to watch Char and like, I think I saw it like on like a bigger screen. I don't know if it was an IMAX screen, but it was like a bigger screen. Um, it really felt like I was watching like, like Michael Jordan, LeBron James and like game seven of like the NBA finals drop like 60 points and have a triple double. It was, it was really like, just like, all from Kate Blanchett? Yes, all from like she's like. She I mean, yes, like she carries the movie. Yes, she does carry the movie. She yes, she's incredible when she's like yelp when she's like <laughs> when she's schooling that kid in the. Uh, mm, that um, was so wrong. In the, um, in the classroom, the and the camera doesn't cut, and it's just like one long shot, and she's just like, I mean, I was like. Couldn't blink. I was just like, couldn't take my eyes off her. It was so mesmerizing. Like, um, and it's not, you know, I think, I think the difference between like, I think Kate and like Michelle Yeoh is like, who is great. And I know we'll get to her and we'll give her flowers before this conversation ends. Um, it just felt like, you know, there's a lot around Michelle, you know what I mean? In terms of like, in terms of, like, you know, the editing and like this, you know, the, the colorfulness of everything everywhere and like the creativity and um you know kind of like the front roles she gets to do you know as she like you get you know get glimpses of her in different universes and stuff like that 
And there's also these great performances where you're getting Kiki Kwan and like their relationship and you're getting like the Michelle daughter relationship and her relationship with her dad and stuff. And it's like, I think there's, I don't want to say like there's a lot helping her, but I think when you watch Tar, it just feels like it's like, I think as you mentioned earlier, it's like, all right, Kate, here's a script. The camera's going to be getting rolling and you cook. That's it. And she cooks and she like, makes it like into like this like five course extravagant meal where it's just like, it's amazing. And like, I let, you know, similar to you, I left the movie being like, oh yeah, she definitely did that Nah, she was, you know, the movie doesn't really like explicitly say she does anything. You know, they never explicitly show her like committing any of these crimes, but I left that movie like, nah, she definitely did it. You know what I mean? Cause I believed, I believed I knew Lydia Tarr. I was like, no, she had to. Um, and so uh, it's tough because I know Kate has won two Best Actress Awards. And, you know, this would be, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, this would be the first Asian and to win a lead actress role. Yeah. Um, huh, all right, that historical precedent, it's hard to root against. the second woman of color ever to win. What? No I way. Halle Berry. Yes. Behind Halle, Halle Berry? Berry? Yes. That's it? That's it. Oh, that she is insane. Jennifer Hudson won Ever. supporting. Support. No, they've all yeah. Jennifer Hudson supporting. Octavia Spencer Viola Davis. Supporting. supporting. Viola Davis supporting. supporting. Uh, oh man, Whoopi Goldberg all right, supporting. So it's, oh. it's hard to do. It's hard to root against that and be like, this white woman deserves her third. Man, it was just so good. It was. If there's a white woman who deserves her third. Hey, Blanchett already got important. her Academy no, like, Award. So, Give it to somebody like, else. I, <laughs> like, I will like I will throw flowers for uh, Kate Blanchett for her performance at Tar. It, it is mesmerizing, as you say. But one of the things that I like more of Michelle of Michelle Yeoh's performance, at least, and everything everywhere all at once, was that in Tar, it's kind of like what Grandmaster Hoop is saying, like, I feel like I'm watching Kate Blanchett, and it's very 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 well acted but it's like not one-dimensional but it's like a very specific type of acting period everything everywhere what i like is how it fluctuates you know it can it like how michelle yo is funny how she can be serious how she can be charming and at the same time, she, she can be a shitty mom. She can be. Is a that no? no mom. Is that like charming? A <laughs> shit? Like she can be an asshole. She can be a horrible yeah. mom. And then touching, heartwarming. It's like how she's able to convey all those emotions in a film. That, in my opinion, is a little bit higher up in my list than what Kate Blanchett did. And again, this is not. Like shitting on Kate Blanchett at all. Kate Blanchett did an amazing job, and if everything, everywhere, all at once did not happen, I would have given it without a second thought to Kate Blanchett. But I just felt that it was such a varied, such a all over performance, all around. It just gave me more feelings, and even I think I could feel a little bit more for Michelle Yeoh's character than I did for Lydia Tar. Can but, we can we throw on to 
body performance as well. Mm. Michelle oh, Yeoh wait. does. Oh no, all but, but like, okay, like wait, we're gonna talk body performance. Like, Michelle I mean, Yeoh. I don't know if that's like part of the acting side. But no, of it things. is like body They're language. Is part of it. What are you conducting? conducting. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? Are, are you, you talking about the body? Her conducting her. The, yes, it's very intense. It's it, very. It is. It. Yeah. Yeah. Right, very because, good. Right, they they said, "Hey, Kate, do you need to bring in a stunt double to do this conducting bits?" Um, she's like, "No, I got it." Michelle, do you need a stunt double to do these kick-ass martial arts bits? No, I'm a martial artist. I got it. As as Michelle Yo said in the, I think it was the Golden Globes, right? It's like they were trying to cut her up. I could kick your ass. She actually can. <laughs> I, I think I think that else. I mean, that's a. You know, if we're if, if if it's down to tooth and nail, that is a that is a thing Michelle Yeoh has over Kate Blanchett as well. Uh I'm countering everything your, Dr. Mondo uh, said, and then that too. Uh I'm just I'm looking to just give more points to Michelle Yo. Um, I'm countering your uh, you know, her action scenes with the conducting. So those so we're still equal. They're you know? no <laughs> I think the uh, what uh, this conversation highlights is it's it's a two horse race uh, between Kate and Michelle. I think it has been from the start. Uh, can I, can I give a just, third? Can I give a no, third? No, Michelle. Wait, wait. I'll, let no. me just. I'll just. I'll just add quickly that you know, uh, and I think like lots of people across the country are having like these similar conversations about whether you're like a Kate person or Michelle person. Have been for like the month, like the last couple months, when it's been clear it's going to be like one of these two. Um, I saw the clip of them hugging at the, um, was it the screen actor? Was it, uh, was the, I can't remember the award show, but they were hugging at like one of the recent award shows. And, um, it just like seemed really nice and genuine. And it was like, I think on the red carpet. So it was like, just like pre awards. And it was just like, they seem to be like handling it really well together. So it's, it doesn't seem like it's driving a wedge between them. I think they both respect each other's work. And I think that kind of makes, you know, us uh, our conversations and maybe rooting for somebody in particular more fun when you know there's not like bad blood between like. Yeah, we drive the wedge. Uh, we are the wedge drivers. And they're not letting us. They're not letting us. They're still hugging each other. And I they think need to stop like, hugging. It's like the Ronaldo and Messi <laughs> rivalry, yo. Well, uh, just to mention (laughs) the other three performers, we won't spend a lot of time because we have other categories we have not gotten to uh, that we need time for. But uh, Ana de Armas was, uh, people really liked Blonde as far as her performance. I know that the movie itself was pretty uh, divisive, but they seem to really, really like Ana. A Razzie nominated Best Picture. There was Michelle Uh, Williams, and that was it. And uh, so Andrea Riseboro, what? There's some controversy around that. I'm gonna let people Google it. Oh, she gotta go. Her. She gotta go. No, you we're know. not. We're not even gonna give her the time of day. We're not talking about that's her. That's what I was just saying. You can Viola Davis. Which, and that's what I was gonna say. As far as snubs are concerned, uh, Viola Davis. I was pretty disappointed not to see her for what uh, the Woman King. I saw um, the Woman King the other like I I recently saw her, like a couple of days ago. She kills the role. I'm I'm, su- I'm surprised she's not as she wasn't nominated. Oh, it, it, we I are really not gonna... like. I really liked. Um, I'm gonna forget the actress's name, but kind of like the lieutenant who's like the older sister. Uh, she was yeah. Lynch. Oh, oh yeah, she's so good in that movie. Lashana Lynch really had a good 2022. She would have been more supporting, but like, 
like I she's don't excellent, know. Yeah. She, yeah, she's great. Uh, yeah. we're gonna move on yeah, to actor though, because we still have best actor, directing, and best picture to get to. So we're we're making a move to uh, <laughs> actor in a leading role. <laughs> I give my flowers to Michelle Williams another time. Uh, ooh. <laughs> Austin uh, Butler, uh, Colin Farrell, Brendan Fraser, Paul Mescal, and Bill Nye. Okay, Fraser. real quick, um, Paul Mescal, what did he win? I know he won something. Uh, so he did he win something? He he did not win anything. Oh, okay, <laughs> never mind. Take that uh, back. <laughs> After Sun did win, I believe, best first feature at the Independent Spirit Awards. Mm, um, okay. So that, oh, I like that as the best first feature. Feature. That's. Yeah, um, I, I think that was pretty appropriately uh, selected. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Dr. Mondo has already said he's pulling for Brendan Fraser. Other oh. folks. Uh, I'm I'm with Dr. Mondo. Uh, I haven't seen uh, the whale. You haven't seen the whale. <laughs> no, like Brendan, like Brendan <laughs> Fraser. Wow. I am moved by his speeches alone. His acceptance. No, like speeches. the thing is that, like one. Brendan Fraser, like he's been through hell and back, like on the like you know real life, and now like he's coming back into Hollywood after all the stuff that happened, and he delivers such an extraordinary performance. Like I was feeling the entire time for this guy throughout the movies. Like he was just pulling at my heartstrings the entire movie, the entirety of the movie. He makes the movie. Because, like, the movie is not perfect. It's a good movie. It has its flaws. But, wow, Brendan Fraser just does such a fantastic job. Such a fantastic job. Mm. You know, I think this, you know, I, I, I haven't seen The Whale yet. I will get to it. I still haven't seen Living. I'm on the fence if I'm going to get to that. Um, but, uh, we, you know, I've got three days left. Um... I just saw Elvis last night and, you know, depending on how I feel about the whale and living, I think I do have Austin Butler in the lead right now. Um, I'm like, I'm like, I didn't love the movie. And this is once again, comes back to like, you know, being the heart of the movie. Like that movie's nothing unless Austin Butler is as electric as he is in that movie. You know, um, I think the movie completely falls apart without his energy and like the believability that he, you know, is like this Elvis-like figure you, who can like, you know, um, electrify crowds, who can like move through uh, the black parts of Memphis and like be in these jazz uh, clubs and still be like respected because he's doing cool stuff, you know. He's and, doing black music. You know, I, yeah, but like you know, they were kind of into it, which I kind of was into. Also. Well, no, that's the that, I think. Uh, I mean, I, uh, I mean, this is more best, best picture talk, but yes, that was a credit to the film. I think the film did that part quite nice. And I think, and I, what I really respected uh, Baz Luhrmann for is that he kind of let that part like cook. It wasn't like it wasn't like you know, it opened with like, yeah, he went to a black church one time and he loved black music ever since. It was like, no, it was like a deep part of his childhood. And then even as he was like starting out, like he was like really into it. Um, and, you know, it kind of like kept coming back to that, you know? Yeah. Um, he kind of cries when Martin Luther King dies. And, you know, some might think that's like a little, 
a little much, but you know, hey, overall, I was really like, in terms of, you know, biopic uh, performances, um, this one worked for me in a way that I can't even remember the last one. Okay, I got you. Close. No, okay. Because um, I think the last musical biopic were the actor Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes, absolutely. I that's a thing. I put. I think I like this performance better. I was going to say I think I like Austin Butler better than Rami Malek. Yeah, oh, I, I, I like Rami Malek more. I liked uh, Austin Butler better than Rami Malek, and I like Taron Egerton better than both of them. Ooh. <laughs> I still haven't seen Rocket Man. Rocket Man, absolutely. Taron Egerton, who sang the Ooh. entire. I think there's something to that. Uh, I think Austin Butler was good i think he's the best part of a movie that i thought was all right but i didn't find it to be anything particularly special i think he was um i will say as far as statistics uh i believe it was either 15 some either 16 or 17 was the last time that all original like characters won and before that i think it was like 1996 so pretty much every year, the Oscars like to give mm. somebody playing someone real. They really, really like that mm. show. They really, really like yeah. it. Yeah. Wait, wait. Didn't Johnny Cash win? Who, who's who, who's Johnny Cash? Well, I'm saying movie? that it's There's very rare. There's always been a winner within yes. the four. There's, There's always, always been a winner within the four where someone is playing 17? someone real. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I think it's 99? 16 or 17, and then like 96 is the last one. Someone always that. wins for playing a real life yeah, person. Yeah, one of the four actors, at least one of them, is someone that is a biopic. Oh, interesting statistic. Wow, I never even yeah, thought to think about the that. The Academy really likes rewarding people playing real people. Oh, wow. And I think that gives Austin an edge. Def I I yeah, say, he's the only one, right? Yeah. Um, of the five, I am actually a fan of Colin's performance. Um, I also so like I Colin's, yes. I was like, Colin <laughs> Hive, he won the Golden Globe. <laughs> it feels like that's likely all that he will win because <laughs> it, 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 does, it does. Well, mainly because I think it, it's Austin is likely the lead. Brendan Fraser might kind of slip in there. Um, I think because he has popped up a couple times in terms of the SAGs, which is a big deal. Um, he did win as well as the Critics' Choice, I believe. Brendan Fraser is the winner. Um, so there, there's the possibility that we could get um, Brendan Fraser as a winner. But I think Austin Butler right now is like just a little, you know, a hair ahead. I, I want Brendan Fraser to win. He deserves it. I'm going to say the same thing. It. I'm gonna like, say the same for his thing. performance and just like everything he's gone through, it's like he deserves it. And Hooper TV, if you like your sentiment of like Austin Butler kind of carrying Elvis, which I do share, don't get me wrong. If you feel that sentiment and that's what's driving you to think that Austin Butler is like the number one, watch the whale. <laughs> I'm gonna try. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna uh, spin oil, it it's the same. Like it's the same sentiment. The only thing that Brendan Fraser just like melted my heart in that in that movie. I'm gonna say this about Austin Butler. It. Same thing I said with Michelle. <laughs> Body performance is everything too. Uh, I truly believe not only the voice, 
and the acting alone, but him on <laughs> stage <really> doing <laughs> the Elvis bit, I really believed it. And, and he I, has to keep it up. Yeah, in the, uh, in the campaign too. I, he's from California, people. He's not. He's from California. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if I believe that's him doing his Elvis voice. I think he's doing just, the Elvis voice. You think it's the him doing the Elvis voice? Yes, he's uh, from California. <laughs> I he don't know. Sound like that. I, don't ever, I never heard him speak. Yes, or, you have. Like, I did, on, did you ever watch season on, four of Zoe One Hundred and One? I don't remember Ooh, him on that show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god any final thoughts on best actor we need to get to direction and best picture my name's Patrick, and i'm nice that might win colin farrell the oscar <laughs> all right out there so uh directing we have martin mcdonough for banshees and Sharon. we have the daniels for everything everywhere steven spielberg for the fablemans todd field for tar and Ruben ostland for sure. triangle of sadness I forgot he was uh, up there. Okay. Yeah, he was indeed. They seem to really like Triangle of Sadness. Uh, it's Triangle of Sadness. It was only up here twice, huh? Best picture it's... of directing. Uh, no, it's there for original screenplay. It's, it's oh, there for a couple okay, things. okay. It's up there for some big awards. I definitely need to get to it. Um, oh, it's in there. Um, so the Daniels have won, had won the, let's give you the, the rundown here. Uh, Critics' Choice, they won the Independent Spirit, they won the Director's Guild, and let's see, yes, and then BAFTAs went to All Quiet on the Western Front, which was not nominated for this. For directing. Uh, category, yeah, for this category, I should say, okay. and then Steven Spielberg won directing at Golden Globes. Uh <laughs> This feels like right now the spotlight is on the Daniels. I think I would say that too. I would love for the Daniels to win because, again, I don't think there's ever going to be a film like this ever again for the next 20 you years. You don't think their next one, their follow-up is going to be? No, they're not going to. This is peak. This is this is such peak. Like, the what, what happens in this movie is crazy. And they, as directors... I just feel like there's a direct line between um, the uh, Daniel Radcliffe movie and the creativity behind that movie and everything everywhere. Did you say Daniel oh, Radcliffe? What Daniel Radcliffe movie? Swiss Army Man. Oh, why am I forgetting the name? Did Swiss they do this? Did they do? Did they do oh, that? Oh, Swiss Army Swiss Man. Man. Jesus, yeah. that movie's great. Oh, I, I don't. I don't really know the Daniels credits like that. I know this, and that's all I care well, about. <laughs> you know, like you know, I didn't know that Swiss like Army Man was the not... Daniels, and now it like it all makes sense. It's the same yeah. vibe. I'm not. I'm not trying to take away from it, but this does seem like. <laughs> You know, next one might be different, but you know, this does seem like there's space in that they operate. Um, so, but anyways, you were saying. I I just feel there's no movie like this, and to direct it the way they did, I I I think some of the scenes are just flawless. I think the emotional scenes, I think the action scenes, uh, more of their outlandish scenes and whatnot, uh. There's just so much thought and creativity put into this film. Uh, and yeah, and you know, the acting, as we talked about, is a huge part of it. But direction is the thing that makes it happen. Uh, and I think you got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, and I think that Daniel's just, oh, I, again, I don't think this, I don't think there will be a film like this for another 20 years. Um, 
but but here's my butt um i really like steven spielberg in the fable events i don't know why uh i was engrossed in the story of the family of the fablemans uh and it's it's been a while since i've cared for a steven spielberg movie like this um because i don't think i cared for uh west side story that much uh or whatever some other projects i sh- don't take that personally uh dr post? mondo uh i'm i'm just saying my truth here um I, I don't know. I just I was engrossed in the tale of a young Steven Spielberg and how. Yeah, I was just engrossed. Yeah. Um, but I uh, here's my last bit. I love simplicity. So Martin McDonough did a great job with Banshees. If you can make me invest in simplicity, you did it something great. Uh, and then. I hate the fact that I can talk so much shit about Tar, like as a character. That means I must have enjoyed the direction of the movie. Uh, so that's that's all I got. Uh, give it to the Daniels uh, or Spielberg. Daniels. Um, yeah, I, yeah. You're thinking. What do you think? Doctor? I'm thinking the Daniels. I do just want to kind of shout out Todd Field. What like the movie is really well directed and. Yeah, I believe some other industry folks had pointed that out too. I think Guillermo del Toro had mentioned uh, really liking Tar's direction. Could be could be wrong about that, but I believe he did. Um, so there's a few folks that have shouted out Tar in terms of just it being really well directed. I think the Daniels will win, and that's one that I would feel supportive of. Yeah, it definitely feels like the Daniels, Spielberg, and Todd Field. Not necessarily like the front runners, but I think the front runners. But like, you know, where my interest lies the most, you know, um, we'll give credit to the Daniels. Like they did a fantastic job with everything everywhere. And I think like, you know, there's so much about everything everywhere that feels niche, kind of small, you know, like um, indie-ish, if you will. Um, I think the fact that this movie was able to like, kind of like I think transcend all its expectations and like kind of just like have this amazing box office run where like you know it was like having its best weekend like months into its like release um and things along that nature I think just showed like how universal they made such a very specific story Mm -hmm. and you know that always feels like you know direction uh related so Definitely want to credit them that. I think there is like kind of a cool story where giving Steven Spielberg, one of our greatest living directors, one of the greatest directors of all time, uh, living or non-living, giving him his third and like putting him in that like really upper echelon of directors for the movie that feels the most personal to him. You know, I think that I think that would be cool. And about like him you know being a director and like kind of like growing up as a kid with like this kind of like almost curse of having this like artistic movie making eye um where it damn near breaks up his family (laughs) does break up his family um you know i think that would be a cool way to honor steven spielberg but um you know it 
if you make me choose, I think it probably will go to the Daniels. And I'm pretty open about it in terms of like who I want to see win this, at least at this moment right now. So. All right. Well, what we're going to do is we'll move on to best picture. We're going to do this a little different than, uh, than some of our previous categories. So I did ask you all to personally rank. So this is not who you think will win. This is not your predictions. This is just your personal ranking of the 10 uh, nominated best pictures. Uh, before we do that, I want to speed run through snubs. Don't explain why you feel it's a snub. We get we know that you like the movie, but I do want to mention that the films that you do feel were snubbed for this category. Um, and then we'll get into our activity as a way to have some conversation about the Best Picture nominees. Um, so any films you want to shout out uh, snubs for Best Picture? RRR. Nope. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Movies that were snubbed <laughs> for Best Picture? Yes, R -R. movies that were snubbed for Best Picture, yes. I like that I said. The Northman and The Batman. Second. Second. Uh, our second, the Northman, also really like the Batman. Um, Decision to leave, uh, Babylon, and you know what? Um, just trying to like go smaller. Um, or ones like I have mentioned today. Um, also like the Woman King. I kind of liked she shit. She shit. I kind of <laughs> liked she said. Um, I'm just a sucker for and a slow journalism movie. And um, I kind of like Don't Worry, Darling. I know it was very divisive for a lot of reasons. Kind of like Don't Worry, Darling. Was it snubbed? I don't know if I'd go that far. But yeah. another <laughs> snub, nope. <laughs> nope is my I'll other snub. Um, snubs. I'm just going to count this as films that deserve some more love. Um, Sonic 2. Uh, okay, we're moving on. Whoa! Moving on. Wait, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Chippendale. We are not wasting Chippendale. airspace for that. Chippendale. Goodbye. Next. Uh -oh. <laughs> fine, fine. Grandmaster, you really should have ended. It's fine. I know where I'm wanted. Oh. <laughs> All right. So what we're going to do, uh, for those who are unaware, uh, the way in which the best picture is voted on uh, in the real world is it is kind of like a ranking. So it's a preferential ballot where everybody in the Academy uh, gets to vote on best picture. All the other categories is based off of like whatever your profession is. So actors vote for actors, directors vote for directors, but best picture is a catch-all for everyone. And it is preferential, so people rank. And then there's this algorithm and some numbers that I'm not going to get into because that's not what I have my degree in. But we will have some conversation about is we're going to do our own preferential ballot. So basically, we're going to talk about how we would have submitted our, our 10 um, in order of like number 10 to number one. Um, it is OK if we all have different answers. That's the point. Um, but what I'd like for us to do is start with just like naming our number 10, seeing if we have any conversation. Obviously, I want to have more conversations around maybe what our top threes look like. Uh, so just keeping that in mind for our audience and, and how we use our time. Uh, so I'll probably move us along and, and keep us, keep us going. But what is everyone's number 10? Um, so I've only seen seven. So I guess if I'm going to have a number 10, it's going to be the one that I'm least interested in watching. Uh, uh, I'm least interested in watching triangle of sadness. I agree. I also have not seen Triangle of Sadness. And I feel really bad for, you know, potential, you know, Triangle of Sadness fans who are coming to this podcast to hear 
about Triangle of Sadness competing at the Oscars, and they're just getting, ah, I haven't seen it yet. Um, okay. So all three of you haven't seen it? Uh, yeah. Nope, we have not seen it. Okay. I've seen I've seen uh, nine. I've seen nine of the ten. So after this, I'll be able to contribute. Okay. I have seen it. It's not my number ten. Uh, my number ten okay. is Elvis. Oof, Elvis. Wait, wait who is it? Elvis. 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 Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fair. My my quick uh, word about that is I think Austin Butler is good in a really average movie. I think the costumes are good in a really average movie. Uh, nothing else really works all that much for me. I think Tom Hanks is not great. Um, yeah, he's Ooh, America's dad. He kind of grew on me. Shout oh, out no, to I did not Oscars. like Tom Hanks. You know, we, we know he's, he's cemented bad. his legacy. He, he's <laughs> genuinely, you know, a historic figure in the Hollywood industry, and he's not good in this movie. Moving on. Ooh, uh, I'm I'll, I'll save my Tom Hanks stocks yes. for when so I imagine time. Elvis is somewhere else for for. So number nine for folks. Okay, so you guys also would have a nine you haven't seen, right? Yeah, so it would be in my in mine like woman talking. Yeah, mine would be woman talking since I'm thirty minutes into uh, all quiet. Okay. Okay. So number nines for those who have seen. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, my number nine is all quiet on front. Um, you know. We're in, the, we're in the best picture race, so it's not like I dislike this movie. Um, but I think my biggest kind of, what I bump up against the most is probably like, I'm not a big war movie person um, in general. So rarely do I walk out of a war movie being like, oh, I love that, you know? So this one, I was just kind of like, yeah, war is bad, shouldn't do it. And um, there were scenes that I really enjoyed, especially like with the, when the tanks roll in, uh, there was something about that scene in particular where I was like riveted, um, just imagining the fear of those boys, like seeing tanks for the first time must have been terrifying uh, in like, you know, the early 1900s. But overall, you know, I just felt like there was stronger movies um, or felt more connected to other movies higher up on this list. Uh, my number nine is also All Quiet on the Western Front for a lot of the same reasons. I also just, I'm not a, a war movie fan, but when they're done well you got me so dunkirk i really actually liked 1917. uh i found this one to just be particularly cold yeah uh, where, like, i would put those two over too yeah technically everything that was within the film was well done uh, i think even the lead actor was just pretty impressive um i just didn't have much to, to connect to um found it to be just incredibly cold and sad uh which sounds is, like war you know yeah yeah i liked i liked how raw the movie was like so. it didn't sure go any anything it's i like not sure about anything no obviously no i know but it was like it was like very raw like compared to other war movies i've seen it was raw more just like okay i'm really feeling the dread the sadness and all that that war yeah entails. spoiler alert for all quiet at the western front i'll give you a second to grab your phone or your podcast listening advice to skip ahead uh everybody dies um nobody lives so sounds like uh, war yeah you know so if you're into that maybe it really works for you if you're kind of like not so much well 
you have it number nine on your <laughs> list. Yeah. Uh, right. If you want an extra layer, Nazis burned this book. True. Yeah. Exactly. That's there you go. True. <laughs> number eight. Uh, so I believe this is Elvis. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Here we go. We uh, discrepancy. So all, all quiet. Number eight. Okay. All right. Uh, number eight. You guys might come after me. I'm going to go Top Gun Maverick. That's fine. Okay. All right. Uh, Dr. Rico. My number eight is <laughs> Women Talking, and I will come after you for Top Gun Maverick a little later. I wow. know. Um, I figured. I figured. I was Stan. You didn't like Women Talking? <laughs> um. So I didn't. I thought it was fine. Uh, I thought some really good performances. I... I think the screenplay was strong. I actually found the directing, I, I know a lot of, and of course I'm one of them, uh, frequently complains about the lack of representation of uh, female directors and best director. Um, I think there were certain scenes that felt pretty well directed, but I did not like, I don't like movies that feel like a play uh, at, at times. And this, Ooh, like, we, yes, we I don't like that either. One, yeah, we it did really feel one, like a play. Yeah, it was in one room, not very dynamically done. Uh, you can tell even through the cracks where it's like, oh, that's CGI. Uh, we're not even on location mm. at times. Um, so I, I think, you know, it's nice that there is a film that is directed by a woman in this top 10, but I think it could have been like The Woman King, which was like a historical epic yeah. that was well directed. Um, we so it, weird what they did to The Woman King. Weird what yeah, they did to The Woman King don't like that at all but i think women talking is uh bolstered by a pretty a strong script and some really pretty good ensemble performance but um i just yeah, i thought it was fine I, I didn't think it was anything particularly outstanding yeah uh just to speak speak quickly on top gun i mean i don't know like i was just i was i was good with it you know i liked it when i left the theater i thought the scene where they're all like, dude, uh, Maverick, nobody can do it. Uh, it's impossible. We all tried. We're all the best pilots in the world. It's impossible. Da -da 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 -da. And then Maverick's like, Tom Cruise is like, oh, yeah. Are you, are you talking <laughs> about like, the first 10 minutes of the movie? And then he goes and does it. No, doesn't this happen like halfway through? Don't they spend no. like, the whole time trying to? Well, there, he does two things. He does that. He does that thing, like the 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 the, the run that they yeah, say he, is really he shows hard. them the thing. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. does the run, but he also yeah. does something in the beginning with the 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 test plane, whatever. Yeah, no, that's not what he's talking about, though. Okay. Yeah, I'm it. talking about the run. The yeah, the when he does the run, I you know that's that's you know that's blockbuster filmmaking. That is like some real good. That is some movie star quality stuff. Sounds but, like know, Tom Cruise. You know, the rest of the movie didn't really connect with as well. And I think, I think I didn't really connect with our friend, um, Miles. What's his name? Miles yeah, Teller. Miles Teller. I don't think, uh, Rooster. Rooster. Yeah. I didn't really connect with Rooster. Um, I liked, uh, um, Glenn Powell. Um, Hangman. Yeah. I like Hangman. Glenn Powell. Um, not yeah. Glenn Powell's. Glenn Powell, revelation, you know, when we think about like big new coming actors, great, you know, but Glenn Powell's I don't, know, I don't dislike up. Miles. Don't dislike Miles Teller. Didn't really like him in this movie. And if you don't like the Miles Teller character in this movie, 
you know, you're just, you're going to have it number eight on your top 10 list. <laughs> Alrighty. Seven. Avatar. Ooh. Uh, okay. Yeah, Avatar. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. We um, have not I'm been talking about Avatar at all. We should talk about yeah. Wow, that is telling. Because Avatar, again, like Avatar is a visual masterpiece. Like it it's a visual spectacle and that's all it is. Like it is paper thin when it comes to its plot and its writing, but it's gorgeous to watch. Yeah. And you know, I think um I liked Avatar. Some of the visuals were like I was kind of like thrown off by them. Like I think my theater for some reason like would it would go into that like super weird it, it of, like, depends motion. on how you watched it because I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But it depends if you watched it standard, regular 3D, IMAX 3D, 40X. It really depends. Yeah. That part was like jarring to me and it really like took me out of the movie. And I had saw the first one a couple months earlier um, in theaters. And I was like, wow, still great. Holds up. Amazing. No notes. Loved it. Um, the first one, spectacular. Um, and so then, like, having seen the second one only a couple months later in theaters, kind of hoping for a similar experience, um, it's kind of let down, you know? Um, we, you know, I think, like, you know, the plot is so interesting because I think the first one is not like this, like, you know, you don't watch the first Avatar and be like, wow, that script was real amazing. You know, James Cameron could really write dialogue. No, but. The first one, I think the plot kind of really like helped with like the overall themes and stuff. Um, and it leads to like these really big moments where like, you know, uh, the tree falls and like Awa hears Jake and like these really great cinematic moments. And I just kind of felt they went for them in the way of water. They just didn't really hit in the same way like the first one did, you know, um, in my personal opinion. So. I'm just going to say... I also didn't like some of the acting. Uh, what was the kid's name? Nope. We're not doing that. We we said it last time. We're not attributing it to the child actor. He's You're not. talking about Jack Champion. Yeah. We are going to attribute it to the script. We said this. Mm. We cannot blame the child actor. I can blame I'll the book, but it's fine. I'll tell you this. Um, I do hope that the next one's better. You know? I just, you know... Um, you know, unlike the first one felt like a one singular movie, and this one did mm -hmm. really feel like James Cameron setting up like a yeah, couple movies. Yeah, a setup. Yeah, yeah that, a setup. That, that I, I, I did yeah. notice it. This because there are there are lots of loose ends in this movie, and it's obvious that they're leaving these loose ends to be tied up in another movie. Yeah, and we did yeah. Uh, talk about Avatar: The Way of Water on its own podcast. Check that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have not been like... plugging these other podcasts. Yes. yes. <laughs> we, well, we'll talk about uh i will say my number seven was triangle of sadness um ah. i think that it's interesting some of the discourse around it is like so it's it's split in three parts uh, i know some of y'all haven't seen it so i won't spoil too much but it's split in three parts and each part uh has kind of a different sort of like a different theme a different focus per part and so some i i've noticed that people have their own favorite parts. Mm. Um, I really liked the first two parts. The third does not really work for me. Um, 
I think there are parts of number of the part three that I, I did like, but uh, I, I think some of uh, one and two work for me a little bit more. But the movie as a whole, so it is you know, a social satire. It's uh, one of many that has been criticizing, you know, the upper class, uh, the rich. Um, I think mm. parts of it work for me, parts of it don't. Uh, it's a pretty good cast. Uh, I did actually really like the cast. Um, and there's an actress in here. I probably should have looked up her name, so I apologize. Uh, who I actually think could have been a pretty good shout for supporting actress. Um, but overall, I, I don't think it cohesively works for me. I think parts here and there do. Um, but it's my number seven. And we'll move on to six. Uh, mine was Avatar The Way of Water. I won't add too much else to what you all have already said. Because uh, I agree. I think visually, really stunning. Uh, parts work for me. Uh, some parts don't. Yeah. Mine was all quiet. Y'all might hate me for mine. Mine was Tar. Ooh! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did not Whoa. crack the top five uh, uh part of me is just like again Kate Blanchett carries the film and the rest of the film uh I don't really care for um, does she carry though man yeah no I agree she carries um but I guess when I look at a film <laughs> this felt more like a study versus a film uh, this felt like a character study of Lydia Tarr. They said, let's follow that's, her around with cameras. But that's, uh, yeah, that's a thing. That's I guess, like, I guess. <laughs> and historically, All right. it's, Hooper it's TV, only number? We're not even entertaining him. Uh, <laughs> what's right, hold on, hold on. Historically, it is done mostly by men. You know, yeah. like, you know, the great men. Like, Daniel Day-Lewis, like, has done, like, three of them, you know. But anyways, you're right. Uh, the soundtrack. Uh, I didn't get to say my number seven. Um... Uh, because we were talking about Avatar The Way of Water. So I'll say my, my number six right now is Avatar Way of Water. My number seven was actually Woman Talking because, you know, similar things that you said, Dr. Ika. Um, but I'll add, because I think it's kind of funny. I was like, you know, halfway through the movie, because you had mentioned it's like taking place in this like uh, conservative con like commune. And it's, um, you know, what I kind of watching it i had pictured them because there's not a lot of electricity there's like it's kind of like you know very like old school it felt like i had pictured them being in the 1800s and then like halfway through the movie a truck comes in blaring some like music um like modern day music and i was like so totally lost about where we were and what was happening uh, um i think maybe if i had like you know i saw it with a friend who was really moved by it and kind of was like cried throughout the movie um because she had, had like read the book and was like familiar with the work uh she was like you should, probably should have read a plot summary before and understood what was happening um because i was totally lost in that one but you know maybe i should have read a summary uh but i hadn't so my movie experience with it only put it at seven and then as i said six was avatar way of water for me which we had just spoke about so sounds like the village yeah. The more y'all talk about this movie. Yeah. The movie was set in 2010. Uh, if you need to see my contact. 2010. Uh, yeah. So you no five. idea. Still, still shocked. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's number five. Elvis. Elvis. You too? Elvis. The Fablemans. Yeah, also. The Fablemans. Mm. I, I enjoy Boz from here from from time to time i enjoy boz uh 
I like that this was a lukewarm Boz. Uh, I will say I would have done, I would have casted someone else than Tom Hanks. Uh, okay, let's talk about my Tom boy. Hanks. My boy. Here's, here's, it kind of grew on me. Um, it did not. Like, I was kind of like, by halfway through, you know, I was like, you know, when you first hear the accent, you're like, wait, that's what he's doing. That's, that's what he's going with. I have to listen to this the whole movie. And then halfway through, I was kind of okay with it. But like, as I walked out of the theater and thought about it, you know, later, you know, his whole thing is that he's a scam artist. He's not, he's not a colonel. He wasn't in the army. He doesn't have any papers existing. And it's like his, his weird accent that you, I don't even know where it's from. Um, I think ties in to him just being a huge fake. And, you know, you leave the movie not liking him and hating him. And that's the point. He's scum. He's the worst. He killed Elvis, you know? He, like, led to his death. Um, and, you know, I left hating him. And... You know, I think when you leave hating a person, like a character, it did its job. I think that it, I think he did his job. So, um, I think Tom Hanks's performance is getting will probably go down in history as probably not one of his best, which is, you know, he's Tom Hanks. He has plenty nominated of nominated for like, Razzy. Razzy nominated. I think it's I think it's getting too much hate. I think I still don't know if I would be like, "Oh, it's good" cuz so many people hated it, but I kind of didn't hate it and maybe liked it a little um but yeah we've already talked about all this i think austin butler is electric i was uh texting dr rika and grandmaster who um yesterday after seeing it i was like i think austin butler has that it factor i think you know he's like easily like uh you know one of these next big movie stars um in a way that i think we're lacking like in terms of like leading men um, you know, who are like, I think he's around 30. So like around 30 or under, it feels like we're kind of lacking. Yeah, we're kind of lacking in like leading men, in my opinion, uh, who are under, you know, around 30 or under. Um, and I think he quickly shot up to like the top. And I think, you know, the way you might put Tom Holland or like a Timothy Chalamet in that category, I think, you know, Austin Butler just kind of being bigger, bulkier, taller, I think kind of like sets him apart from like you know maybe them two in that way so i liked it yeah elvis number five and then both me and dr mondo had the fable bits as number five uh anything that particularly you wanted to to say about that no like basically like everyone has said what i think about the fable it's a, it's a really good movie like i highly enjoy it. it's not my number one but it's definitely there in my top five yeah, I think uh, I, I would agree. It was a good movie. Uh, I don't know, not Spielberg's best, but certainly the most emotional. And I appreciate it being able to kind of see that story play out. I do want to shout out one scene that I, I found like really like, oh, Spielberg, one of the best, come on, uh, was the scene in which the parents are uh, revealing that they're getting divorced. Ooh. And um, there is a camera cut of the... The character who is supposed to be the stand-in for Spielberg, who uh, you see this mirror and you see him holding this camera as if alluding to the fact that, you know, he is 
what is the line between what can be art and what you can project and, and share with other people and what is something that's more personal and i think that was just a really uh, well done scene so i just wanted to shout that out partic particularly uh, but i thought it was fine um as far as like spielberg is concerned uh but just not my favorite uh, to push it any higher number four this oh, was yeah. tough for I'll, me. I'll, oh, I'll, uh, let me uh, just bounce off of everything you guys were saying, because number four was the Fablements for me. Um, mm -hmm. I just like, you know, I think Spielberg's just like a master of, you know, this isn't like my words, just like historically of like, just like knowing how to film stuff, like put the camera. Um, and I think it's like, all, he's always done like visual appealing movies. I think what made... The Fablemans kind of like stand out in my opinion was just kind of like the ideas behind it. You know, it just felt like he was really exploring like some like deep stuff of like, I don't know. Um, I think going in, I thought I was going to be like, oh, this boy, you know, struggles as a kid, um, but like finds art as his outlet and becomes Steven Spielberg. But it's like, that's not really the movie. It's more of like this boy is scared of movies and he uses filming as a way of learning to, to control his fear and his love for movies leads to the, the dysfunction of his parents because he sees something that he's filming one time and uh, um it's just like and it's like you know and like one of the most emotional scenes that i think was like kind of like going around on twitter um recently was uh the scene in which I think his parents are like having that final fight, like before the, like they go their separate ways and like his siblings are crying and like, you know, he's crying too, but he sees in the mirror, like a, that's like a like vision of himself. Filming yeah, that. no, that's the scene yeah. that I described. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. Just like, you know, um, yeah. It's just like, I mean, like I'm, I'm still trying to process like kind of what's happening there, you know? And so um, what is he trying to say? which I don't always feel about like, you know, kind of the more classic blockbuster Steven Spielberg movies. So I think the ideas around, around that movie kind of elevate it maybe a little higher than um, I normally would a movie of this kind of type. So got it number four. Well, here, let me, let's keep it going real quick. Cause Fablemans is my number three. Uh, Banshees being my number four, but let me just keep the train going. Banshees was really high for me. Uh, until I watched the Fablemans, um, yeah, I mean, to everything y'all are saying, uh, y'all nailing on the head. I just really enjoy. Um, I don't know. I never thought I would want a biopic of Steven Spielberg, and that's what was given here uh, loosely. Um, but I looked it up too. It's pretty much to a T, kind of what happened as far as Wikipedia knows. Um, and I stand by. I think Wikipedia. he said it too. Well, I think Spielberg has spoken to that, like it be at his most personal movie, and and okay. his stuff with his parents like, really went down this way. Yeah, right. Okay, F sure. Then I just really enjoyed kind of watching this kid, uh, Sammy, who I like. You know, uh, Dr. Rico pointed out, you know, things that should be awards, breakout performances. The dude who did Sammy, aka Young Steven, uh, I think he did a very good job. I was like. This looks like Steven Spielberg. Um, it's just kind of um it, I and I, I I like to think of the scene where he is directing uh one of his uh scout mates because uh he filmed the war 
film mm-hmm. with a lot of his scouts where he is directing him telling him to you know to emote some emotions because you know you led your troops into battle and one that scene was really good because it's a meta commentary one i was like steven spielberg's probably talking to this kid telling him how to talk to people when you're trying to direct them one two you know he's like you just led your men into you know a massacre sammy the character feels like he was leading his family into a massacre knowing that having the knowledge that you know his mother was sleeping around with benny and whatnot you know and you know didn't know how to emote that and i love that scene and i think steven spielberg did it and again it's not even that much that he does directing wise it's just the choices made within the film itself i think it's just really good so i was really captivated by the fablemans never thought i would that's that scene comes after he finds out um yes because he had already edited the uh whatchamacallit the the trip the camping the camping trip uh i don't think i don't know if he had revealed it um yeah oh that's interesting um, that's interesting. Yeah, that's that's wow. how I did. That's how I took it. Uh, watching that yeah. scene. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I don't even think I caught that, but like that's like also super interesting. Okay, damn. Woo. Um, good movie. Yeah, good number movie. four. Uh, Dr. Mondale. What was your number four? Oh, my number four was Tar. Any any thoughts? No, like Tar again. Uh, Kate Blanchett's acting is just spectacular in that movie like it like she she is the movie honestly but she does such a freaking great job that she she put it like in the top five for me just because of her that's it um it feels like i am watching lydia tar as like we've i think we've said here it's a great performance honestly my number four is Banshees. Um, solid script. I really loved Colin uh, Farrell here. Um, I actually really liked Barry Cohen as well. I know he won the BAFTA for Best Supporting Actor. Um, I think, you know, Key Quan obviously is who I'm pulling for, and I think will win. Uh, but I mentioned this at the year end kind of movies in 2022 uh, of just like the scene at the, what was it, like the lake. Um, that I just found particularly gripping. Uh, I, I think he's incredibly talented. Um, yeah, I really liked Banshees. It's my number four. Number um, three is Top Gun. Mine's Banshees. Um, mine's Banshees. Um, yeah, you know it's um, it's an interesting movie. I kind of really like Martin McDonough's like filmmaking style and it's like writing like i'm one of the I feel like few people who like three billboards out of ebbington missouri um you know but uh oh is that him yeah 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 you know and um that was this is his follow-up to that and like i enjoyed that and i really enjoyed this which feels like you know kind of in a different universe but also kind of like has just kind of like the vibe of a market martin mcdonough movie and um, you know, there's just like something there where it's like those shots of like the coast and like the, you know, uh, the beautiful landscapes, um, 
and this beautiful just small town i think kind of really like set you in this beautiful setting and then just having it be centered around a person who doesn't want to be friends with somebody else who's kind of like you know sees themselves as like being able to offer more to life um you're just it's dull. Just so good. You're just it's... dull, Colin. Oh yeah, you're like, dull, Potter. Ban- oh. Like banshees, the entire no, the entire notion of it is like so simple, but it, it it's like yeah. so wacky, wacky and dark at the same time. It's just like I don't like you. It's like that's it. <laughs> and how he's like a conversation with you? Uh, no, it's just like I will cut my fingers off, and he's like, nah, you won't. And then, he like, starts cutting his finger. Like, what? Oh man! <laughs> but then when the donkey dies, yeah, oh, devastated. God. Listen, but I was like, I was live texting Doctor Rika. My, he was indeed. He was indeed. Uh, He's devastated for his friend, though. He's devastated for he hates that he helped kill his friend's donkey, like or not his non-friend's donkey. That's you why he I lets mean? him burn down his house. You know, it's just like it's such a weird relationship, and it's like no, and, it's so, and like you so see cool. how Colin Farrell uh, character just like goes like dark, like deeper and deeper yeah. into darkness, like throughout the movie, like because like he's such a good man, he's such yeah. a good man, he is naive, he is ignorant, but he, he is innocent, like. Yeah. And you see how little things he does very little things throughout the movie. Like again, I forgot a like, the kid's character where he I think he tells him a lie and he's like, I thought you were one of the good ones. How he tells <laughs> one of, I think like one of the the musicians, the traveling yep. musicians, hey, uh yeah, your father, he was run over, I think, oh. by by a carriage. Another one. <laughs> like oh, no. and it was like these little things that, like you laugh about it but it's like again this innocent man is be, like he he's starting to lie he's starting he's starting to feel jealousy all, all these all these negative emotions and then at the end of the movie it's like it's like we are yeah so we clear it's like we never will be it's like he's a totally different person at the end of the movie also mm, at the end yeah. of the movie they just start being friends again which is uh well, oh. there's no i think it's murkier i don't i don't think they no no no, no they don't no, no it's just yeah. like well they're they're conversing like they they're are conversing friends. but they're not i i i look at that movie because it's my number four uh and honestly i can interchange them i look at this movie i'm like it's very simplistic and plot and whatnot and you know uh I forget Brendan Gleeson's character's name, but, you know, he keeps calling Podrick Dull. But then a lot of these shots are showing the countryside of Ireland, and there's not much going on here for anybody. And it's like, what what the hell is he supposed to talk about? You know? Uh, And, yeah, just just I think the whole movie is just a very nice character piece on friendship and legacy. Uh... And just, you know, I don't know, just human nature in general. Uh, now, I think the finger cutting is kind of uh, the left field moment that definitely yeah. uh, kind of hooks you in for a laugh and hooks you into the absurdity. And 
also hooks you into just the dark places people can go. Yeah. And I think that's what oh, sells yeah. the movie. And then also too, uh, you know, spoiler alert, uh, you know, there was a commentary about like abusive parenting mm -hmm. and whatnot. And uh Barry's character uh drowns. Yeah. Uh, you know, because he didn't want to go home and slips. In no, the river like it was after he got, re he got rejected. After oh, he got yeah, rejected, that too, like, yeah. after he got rejected, Oof. it was like he didn't have a reason. Like he he was miserable at his home. He really had no reason. Right. To go yeah, on. There's a, piece, so, there's a piece of dialogue too where uh right after that happens where he's like, I'm just I gotta go over there and uh, do something. Yeah. And when you know Oof. kind of what happens, so yeah, it's very foreboding. Uh, my number three, I want to move us along. I know we've been here almost three hours. You're good. You're okay. Um, <laughs> my number three was Top Gun. I, I believe that was Dr. Mondo. Did you mention mm -hmm. number three? Top Gun well? was my number three. I Top love Gun's Top my Gun. number two. Top Gun's my number two. Let's I talk love about Top Gun. And wow. I Banshee, think there should be Banshee more, is my number two. There should be more representation so of just simplistic, but really well done blockbusters that lots of people saw in best picture i think part of uh, my call which is why i actually liked you know at the top of the hour hours <laughs> we talked about the fact that there is a variety of films in this th these 10 because now they've had to expand it to 10 and you know the academy is always looking for more viewers they want people to watch they want ratings to be better um, than they have been in the last couple of years and i think part of it is why some folks don't watch is they just one likely they're not interested but i also don't think we often try to highlight things that just everyday people watch in the same way we did say like in the 90s um so there were a lot more like blockbusters and things people were actually going to the theater to see in the past as compared to more recently and i just feel like the success of top gun where like people went to the theater in droves to go see this movie multiple times, told a friend to go also see this movie, regardless of whether you saw the first one or not. Uh, I, I think there's something to just being able to say like, hey, blockbusters are worthy of being recognized. I think this one's a pretty goddamn solid it's a, one. It's a good blockbuster, like an amazing blockbuster. From start to finish, it is exciting. Like mm -hmm. it is an exciting movie. It has you on the edge of your seat. The flight scene, the the flight scenes are Jesus Christ. We know uh, that wasn't a green screen. A green screen. It was not with a green screen, correct? Oh, no, that wasn't. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I really put I put off Top Gun for so long. I only watched it in either January or December, and I was just invested all the way through. Uh, it, and it was crazy. I was like, I shouldn't care that much. Some of these characters don't even got that much development. And yet I was like, I don't care. Like, uh, you know, I love seeing um, Lawrence from uh, Insecure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was good, too. He was good, too. Um, I love seeing him. I love seeing uh, the new Falcon from uh, Falcon and yes. the Winter Soldier. Uh, I was like. I, I love this cast, and I was like, half y'all don't have no cast. Oh, really that's the new Falcon. Didn't that is the new Falcon. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, by the way, and also shout out to Val Kilmer for appearing. Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah, a great... Oh, great moment. There, there are ways to do a thirty-year sequel, and this was a really good way of doing it. Val mm -hmm. Kilmer 
I mean, he has no lines. I think he says. No, so no, he does. He no, does. I mean, like no, he only like, like what, physically and, says. No, but what he says, like the voice of Val Kilmer in that movie, is made out of AI. So an AI took really uh, like all the movies that Val Kilmer has ever made, right, and made a synthetic voice because Val Kilmer, I think, had throat cancer. So oh, did he really? Oh, I thought he. Yeah, Val oh, Kilmer that's had throat real? cancer. Yes. That's real. That's the coolest. That's, that's real. Cool part. Like, Val Kilmer had throat cancer and that's like he's a survivor, but he lost his voice. That they used they used his real life scenario to yeah. make his portrayal in the movie make sense because he yeah, wasn't yeah. going to be a hot shot pilot, you know. Yeah. Um, oh my! I did not know that. And that's uh, why that that particular scene was such a big deal. I think I thought that was just, like, I thought that was just like this is no, Ice and Man. that's that's this why life Tom now. Cruise, like Tom Cruise said, if I make Top Gun another movie, Val Kilmer has to be in it. And he said, like, I think he was like crying when, like, through that, like that after that scene, he was just like crying. Oh, because that's crazy. Said, that just he said sends he could not do a higher. movie without Val Kilmer. He this said it. This sends this movie higher. And I, I think something too, in particular with that scene, um, Tom Cruise has not really made any prestige films in decades. Uh, I think uh, that he, he has that time has passed for him. Uh, but this felt like a reminder of like he. Still can though, like well, he can. Well, he still act. does the Mission Impossible ones. If you well, want, I meant, I'm, I mean, prestige is in like the what oh. we consider like Oscar films. Like oh, he's okay, gotcha. Just gonna okay. be making action films probably for the rest of his life. No, yeah. But in terms of, of things in which like you're giving him a good script and you're telling him act, Tom Cruise, he yeah. doesn't make those films anymore. It's all about physical like exertion and stunts, etc. Which is fine. I like the movies. But I think this was, particularly in that scene with Val Kimmler, a reminder of like, he does have talent. Yeah, he, he's, he's very not, talented. You know, no, it's yeah. not just about the the stunts. He could do all that, but he he's charismatic. Yeah, talented, and he's weird, and there's a oh, lot of stuff going on in his yeah. personal life. Let, I don't know let's about. Not, I let's don't not want dive to know into about. that. <laughs> oh, <ever. laughs> you know, this he is a bona fide movie star, and I think to to Hooper TV's point earlier, like we don't have a lot of those. Yeah, because folks oh. aren't kind of blending those things the together. Last of, the last of a dying age, and well, so. You know, I think uh, it was a testament to like he could still do that, and he can be Maverick, and you know, be in these planes and do do all these stunts, and it'd be really exciting. And there's this funny banter back and forth with it with him and uh, Miles Teller, who I did like in this film. I don't like him in everything that I've seen him in. I like I Miles he... Teller too. To Hooper TV. Man, let me tell you. Let me tell you about Miles Teller. Let me tell you about Hangman. I think the script might have did him dirty because having his whole character be rooted around playing it safe and going slow i mean come on that's not that's not going to be the character you're like all in on the character you're all in on is going to be maverick be kind of like like yo let's like just go for it like let's take risks like let's just like and i guess it's like cool to juxtapose but like when you have like the up and coming star needing the be the one you kind of like want to invest in it's like oh he's 
he's going really slow. He needs to overcome going really slow. That's like his big character flaw. I don't know. I felt like I felt like that might have been like part of the reason why I wasn't able to kind of, you know, really be gravitate towards him. The way I did kind of the other side characters who were like cool and, you know, like boasting and like, you know, fun. So I don't know. Just a thought. All right, we're going to keep it moving ahead. Number twos. I think some folks is number twos. Like, who, uh, Grandmaster, who you said. Okay. So we've touched on some number twos. We did, yeah. If there are any um, kind of lingering. Uh, my two. I mean, I guess this is it. This is going to reveal everybody's number one, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, My number two. I think if I'm being honest, it's Tar. Oh, uh, good, good, good. <laughs> very good. Very good. Tar. Before we get to our number ones, um, I want to say one of the coolest aspects of Tar for me um, was kind of like, I thought it like, you know, I think like cancer culture is very much like in the greater pop culture and, you know, just like a big topic that like, you know, I feel like a lot of people, we all speak about um, and it's being explored in like a lot of different ways, especially like by comedians who want to, you know, rail against it. Um, I thought Tar did it in like a really cool and like interesting way where, you know, Lydia kind of does lose everything. And I, I think I mentioned this earlier, I really liked how the movie never shows you if she really did anything or not. It's all accusations, you know? It's all kind of like hints at stuff. It kind of like leads you to believe that, you know, she probably did something. Like all these allegations are around her, but like the film itself doesn't quite, uh, you know, specifically show you the way like a movie can if like something really happened at any point or not. And I thought that was like really was like a, added a level or excuse me a layer of complexity to the movie and to how you should feel about Lydia Tarr and I would also add that you know I saw it with like uh two of my friends and we all kind of have like different takes when we were leaving you know like one was like oh she def I think I was the person I was like oh yeah she definitely did mess up and what um one of them was like we never saw it you know I, it was all accusations what are you talking about how can you know for sure and it was like I think another one was like um you know somewhere in the middle and i think like i think it led to a lot of cool and interesting conversations about you know cancel cancel culture accusations um and kind of just like this world we're living in right now where how quickly like everything could be like lost and things along those lines and people who have power and how they use them, how, how they exercise that power and how they're able to, you know, potentially trap people um, around them. I don't know, just seemed like, it was like, you know, it was like a great performance. We've been speaking a lot about performance. We've mentioned like the script and stuff, but I think there's like, there's like other themes it's exploring and other layers that I think also makes it like a movie that really sits with you and that you want to chew on like long after you've seen it. So, ciao Sitar. Um, but, uh, well, you know, for this for this ranking, I got it at two. Uh, it was Dr. also my Eagles number two. Yeah, it was also my number two. I'm actually not going to add anything to that because I agree. 
Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and I believe all of our number ones are everything everywhere all at once. Yep. Um, I'll start by saying I find the Academy more interesting when it takes chances. Um, so wins like Parasite, wins like The Shape of Water, uh, Moonlight, those things are exciting to me. And a win for everything everywhere all at once would also be exciting. It's a genre film. It's absurd. It is an indie film. You know, it was not made for as much money as, as some of the other ones listed on here. And it didn't make as much money as some of the ones listed on here uh, as far as best picture. And it still prevailed in terms of being able to connect with audiences, uh, word of mouth, people saying like, please like watch this. And there is, you know, that element of, yes, it's weird and kooky and there's, you know, the editing is phenomenal as we're kind of going through all these different worlds and universes. And at the same time, it's an immigrant story about a family trying to hold it together and connect to one another and figure out who they are and who they want it to be and how that doesn't always uh that's not always congruent in your life and so then you're disappointed and how do you accept that disappointment and move forward um or the, the question is can i accept the disappointment and move forward like what do i do when i feel stuck um in a life like what what how do i manage that and as a person who uh, works with people all the time uh about their stuckness and about who they they feel they are and what they want to accomplish in their life and i find that fascinating and that's what i do for a living uh, i love to see that portrayed in a movie but then also have fun with it uh, because i think sometimes yeah, i imagine there have been movies that have explored an immigrant story or have explored family dynamics and have done so pretty straightforward i appreciate that this film can just also just have like rocks and people with <laughs> you know hot dog fingers and a, a raccoon that in you know all, all these, <laughs> you know, all these, uh, <laughs> these various elements that uh, are just like wild and but also really fun and creative and i think we need more of that um and i'm always so disappointed when the Academy doesn't recognize whether it be sci-fi or horror, especially um, in comedies. Uh, and the musicals have got like a little bit more love um, in, in comparison to some of these other genres, but it, it's so focused on you know, dramas and these epics. And sometimes it, it can just be, yeah. you know, something that feels really special, not only on like a technical level, but just like for an audience to, to sit down and watch and, and enjoy so you don't, my... you don't need a like a serious drama or an epic to connect with the audience and and make the audience feel certain feelings and everywhere all at once yeah it just you're gonna laugh you're gonna cry you're gonna be in awe and you're gonna and you're just gonna feel like so connected to the, all the different characters and the different story and just have fun with it it's it's a roller coaster of emotions in a very made in a very unique way that just freshens everything up and kind of touches. Yeah, it is the best. Just going to say it is the best movie of the multiverse. <laughs> That's yeah, true. it did it the, the best. Multiverse it, 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 it like, you know, 
it did the multiverse right. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. Uh, but I am going to say this, and I've been saying it all night. There is no movie like it, and there won't be for another 20 years. Uh, I think the last thing i like to add to this film is shout out to James Hong, uh, who I don't think receives uh, enough praise for this, too. Uh, James Hong played her father, a uh, prolific uh Asian American actor, uh, for he's ninety four. He's ninety four. He just got his. Oh, I didn't know either. Yeah, and he's been around. You know James Hong, even if you don't even realize you know James Hong. I know. Um, I can't think of anything else he's been in, but I know him. Oh, I can. I can name you so many things James Hong has done, but that's a listen. He just got his Hollywood star on the Walk of Fame. Uh, yeah man uh just this movie this movie is everything it really is everything and it fits so many other genres it is unlike any movie i've ever seen so yeah no uh i i i don't know man i i've never felt so strongly about a film uh upon seeing this one so everything oh, he, everywhere all at once there it he's is. in turning red He's in so many things. I'm telling you. Uh, he's been around. He's 94. He's been around. Cooper TV, any additional thoughts? Uh, you know, we've talked about everything everywhere all at once. Uh, plenty. Uh, I don't know if I have any additional thoughts. You know, um, I I just, obviously, it's my, still my number one. You know, I think like movies, I felt, you know, a little more attached to just weren't nominated uh, for best picture, which is fine. Um, you know, uh, but you know, it's still like a very great, strong movie. Um, it is so creative. It is, you know, endlessly interesting. And if it wins, you know, I will, I'll be happy. So um, I think, I think it will, it'll be interesting. Um, to see yeah kind of like where the daniels go like after this i'm kind of like not i'm i'm not in the boat as grandmaster hoop in terms of like there'll never be another movie like this um but <laughs> um you know i think if like we want to award this one like in this moment like i'm here for it so right the oscars this coming sunday on abc um, I don't have live TV, so I'm going to figure out how I'm going to watch it. I don't think any of us have live TV. <laughs> um, yeah. So Damn, wait. ABC, huh? ABC. Oh, flipping dippity doo that day. Yeah. I have to get the upgrade for Hulu. Well, uh, it is on ABC this coming Sunday. Uh, we'll see who, who takes the top prizes. Uh, I appreciate y'all's time. I have not had dinner, so I'm going to do that. <laughs> Uh, thank you to Dr. Mondo and Hooper TV and Grandmaster Hoop and myself uh, for getting together and having a, likely a probably three hour conversation about the Oscars. Uh, but I think there's some yeah. good movies. Hopefully we convince you to watch some of them, many of which are available on streaming. Yep. Uh, but if you could see it in theaters, uh, we are certainly supporters uh, of uh, seeing films where they should be seen. Which you is, got three uh, days. Yeah, hopefully uh, the next Oscar slaps. 
It is really. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> bravo. Bravo. Wow. Bravo. How long did it take you to write that real? one? <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, like, all right, we made it a rule. We weren't going to talk about certain things. Um, and we're not. I thought we, I, we haven't. But I felt like uh, I felt like we might be doing our listeners a disservice if we didn't. You know what? Maybe. I would say it was a better <laughs> joke than that entire comedy special. So that's uh, the Yanko <laughs> Table signing off. Uh, follow us on YouTube and Spotify and Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. And uh, we have a Discord server where things are talked about. And we also cover things like Marvel and DC and video games and anime and many of the movies we've discussed today, including Avatar and everything everywhere all at once have been discussed on alternative podcasts on all on their own. So go check out those past episodes and yay us Oscars. (laughs) 